You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's your favorite Uncle Silk. It's Dan. And Delatory. Same corner, same time. Uh, not so great vibes. How y'all boys feeling? You got it. Spooky. Spooky season. Halloween. Happy Halloween, man. Or happy, happy Halloween. whatever you celebrate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> whatever you and your family celebrate around this time of year. For sure, man. Yeah, tough, uh, tough loss on uh, on Saturday. Uh, good fight there in the uh, in the third quarter. But other than that, guys, uh, before we get into the game, everybody have a good weekend. It was relaxing over here. Went to a pool party yesterday for a couple hours, but uh, other than that, kept very low key vibes the entire weekend. Yep. You don't sound like Bender vibes. No, 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 no Bender vibes. I do. Um, oh, I had to go. Yeah, this was a, a kind of a an, an odd. Uh, weekend i i had a, a family uh member pass away um it was my mom's cousin uh, so rest in peace uh to reverend uh jim Couch. he passed away uh last week or i guess it was two weeks ago uh now i uh, went down to the funeral on friday uh down in fort lauderdale but i made the uh, the drive down and back uh, all same day um but uh, but it's good to see family other than that just kind of kind of relaxed hung out but um yeah tough uh, tough loss saturday for sure the game or condolences, by the way, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the, the loss of a family member is certainly far more important than the game. But right. yes, on, on Saturday was um was was tough for sure. I had to attend a funeral as well on Saturday. Uh, rest in peace to my uh, old friend, childhood friend from from high school, uh, Damian Thompson. Man, um, cancer's a motherfucker, man. That's mm. pretty much what I got to say to that man. Same age as me, uh, forty years mm. old, but. Um, great guy, really peaceful, calm. You know, always was just like a the peacemaker uh, of the group when we was kids, man. Uh, it's always sad to see those ones leave, man, early. So rest in mm -hmm. peace to Damian Thompson. Ready? Y'all ready? Y'all want to yeah, talk man. about it? No? How was your weekend, Nick? How, how, was your, how was your weekend, Nick? Went to a baseball game, the football game, and, and back home. Mm. Yeah. You said um, you were dressed going to a funeral on the timeline. What was? What was well, now I feel terrible. Oh yeah, because now, now Nick now was making a joke. Yeah, now yeah now egg on my face. <laughs> no doubt, man. But outside of that, man, the, the weekend was was pretty chill. The weather is amazing right now in fall, yeah. man. So uh, windy, breezy, cool out, cool out. But I just chilled, kicked it, watched some Gator football, and, and got some work done. Didn't get a whole get into a whole lot. Um, Today I walked the neighborhood and watched the kids do what they do and and that type of stuff and enjoy the day, but didn't get into a whole lot. Just football content per usual. Yeah, you know I'll be honest with you guys. If you don't drink on a Thursday night or go out or a Friday night or a Saturday night, you feel wide eyed and bushy tailed. I feel like a million bucks right now. I might start doing mm. this a little bit more often. You know. Sorry, being sober, huh? <laughs> oh guys all right well let's get into this show we got a lot of content to talk to you about obviously the uh the game against georgia the game against texas a&m a uh, little bit about recruiting uh there's uh obviously some changes afoot with the uh the football team as well so we will get into all of that but as always uh let's thank alan horn and the folks at alan horn insurance for being the title sponsor 
of this podcast. If you're in Georgia, Florida, Tennessee, or Alabama, if you need car insurance, rental insurance, business insurance, whatever the case might be, give Alan a call at 706-692-2888 or visit him at allenhorninsurance.com. Again, 706-692-2888. You can follow him on social media as well, at SF Agent Alan H or Facebook, Alan Horn State Farm Agent. Thanks so much, Alan. All right, gentlemen, let's get, before we get into the uh, game, um, as always, do follow us on YouTube. We do a live stream, usually about four, somewhere between about two or four o'clock. We will start on Mondays and we'll carry that for the uh, for the two hours. So we appreciate those that do tune in live uh, and you have the opportunity to do Super Chat and ask us questions. So Chris Sorley gets in there uh, and says, AR's got to go or change positions. Go Gators. Um you know, a, a rough game for, for AR, uh, but uh, we can talk a little bit more about that. Appreciate the uh, donation there, Chris. All right, gentlemen, let's get into the game. Uh, Georgia does uh, win, uh, as we kind of all expected, 42-20. to 20. Uh, They come out to a pretty commanding 28-3 uh, to 3, uh, lead at halftime. The Gators battle back with 17 straight points to bring it to a one-possession game. Uh, unfortunately, after that, they do allow Georgia to score two more uh, touchdowns before the game is over. Uh, mm-hmm. High-level perspective, uh, you know, obviously the Gators struggled very much on defensing and couldn't really get anything rolling in the first half. But, uh, Corey, let's start with you. What was your perspective of the game? Uh, yeah, just a, like you said, terrible start. They jump out to 28-3. Um, at that point, watching the game as, as a fan, I'm just, just hoping these guys don't fold, you know, because it could get ugly. And I know Kirby wanting to run the score up uh, as much as he can. So uh, down 28-3, offense struggling. I thought the defense played uh, – regardless of the score, I thought they gave us some stops and gave us an opportunity to be in the football game. We're just going to get the offense going. Um, do like that if the guys didn't fold. Um, AR got to do a better shot. Shot to Chris said, hey, he needs to change positions. I don't think – I think he's a quarterback. Um, he's very athletic, but, like, uh, I don't like he's – whenever he, any contact hits AR, like, I'm sure I'm, – I'm nervous, you know, and he gets up ginger after every little contact. And I don't want to mm-hmm. say little or big, but – if he gets hit, he's getting up a little ginger. Um, after that first run, didn't look like he really wanted to uh, take off and run. Um, he was missing some easy throws. Billy's giving him some throws, whether it's the flats or 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 slants or or or, or hitches, whatever it may be. They're just not accurate. He's not hitting the the, the gimme throws to get momentum going. So we struggled. Uh, the run game was struggling. We couldn't get any push on Georgia. Uh, so offensively, we couldn't get a thing going. Accuracy with the pass game, the run game. So we, we was down 28-3. Uh, that third quarter was a 17-0 run. I like the way those guys battled back. The defense got us some stops, some turnovers. Uh, Amari Bernie played. He gave up a big game to uh, in a touchdown to Bowers. But outside of that, he gave us some tackles for losses, uh, some a couple of interceptions. He was just in a position to make some plays. I thought he played better. Uh, Dean didn't play his – played perfect but he played a better game considering you know, how bad he's been this fall but um we got a lot more to talk about this game i just like that he didn't fold and that's a good sign with billy building the program as far as like the mental part of it uh last year we seen his team fold uh, so them guys battling back making a one possession game uh we just gotta get the jimmies and joes man mm-hmm. we don't we don't have it like uh, we had opportunity if we would play perfect ball we possibly could have made a better game and more competitive but Right now, Billy don't have the same cupboard. Uh, he got a lot of work to do in recruiting. We'll talk about a little bit of that mm-hmm. later. But overall, just we got a lot of work to do. 
That's my overall synopsis of uh, the roster, the team, the state of the program. We just got a lot of work to do with the rebuild. Yeah. Nick. Yeah. Bernie, I mean, Bernie had a, the forced fumble and uh, hopped in the right. passing lane, got the interception. I mean, listen, Bowers is a tough matchup for anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and what did he finish with? He finished with. I think a career high, what, 146 or 156 yards? 154, with one of them being 73 yards. Mm-hmm. That was unfortunate luck for Amari Bernie, right? Yeah, right, that, right. that was unfortunate. Because he was in a position part, to make thought, the play. So. For the most part, I thought thought he played really well. thought Trey Dean had a good game. Um, mm-hmm. That you just, Florida could not afford to go down the way they did. It was just too big of a hole. Mm-hmm. It's like you said, Silk, it's, for five years – there's been a gigantic recruiting gap between the two the two schools. Um, I think Billy kind of knows that. And the biggest takeaway, like you said, is they didn't quit. They fought back. And you've seen mm-hmm. that a couple times this year. Um, so I think that is the foundation of the program that we're seeing, just resiliency, toughness, um, because we've literally seen these exact players quit. They quit mm-hmm. last year. Granted, their coach quit on them uh, before, but – but we've seen him quit. Yeah. Um, I was just doing some, some reading here before we got started. Um, this is the first time Georgia has been uh, minus three on the turnover margin uh, since October 12th, 2019 and a loss that they had against Georgia. So uh, obviously did, you know, a lot of things right um, to turn the ball over and to, to try to create an opportunity for yourself. But it was just a, a little, uh, you know, too much uh, allowed on the other side uh, to, to really, you know, truly capitalize uh, to be able to go down 28 to three. A lot of things just didn't look in your favor. I mean, that, that first half was rough. Um, I mean, that's about as rough of a first half as you can, you can ask for um, not being able to move the ball not really being able to, to do anything offensively and, and Georgia just kind of working down the field each and every drive that they had. So I will applaud them and I will applaud the fight. Uh, you know, you guys have mentioned, you know, Trey Dean had a, had a pretty good game. Uh, Amari Bernie had, you know, a couple of turnovers himself uh, in that game, either caused or, uh, you know, forced you know, the fumble itself, um, you know, but we, they couldn't really get the running game going. They got it a little bit more uh, going in the second half, got the passing game a little bit more worked out uh, in the first half. But, you know, at no point, if you look at the win expectancy charts, was was Georgia ever lower than a 91.1% chance to win this game. So you start off, you start off slow. and Their defense, despite everything they lost, my God. God, they fly to the ball. Yeah. And yeah, they're missing their best the player, ball, too. No, I think Jalen Carter was back, right? Was, 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 I think Carter played uh, Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but, uh, then, he, but, yeah. but, then, but then he hurt. He got hurt. And yeah, he, uh, yeah, he didn't he, he didn't play much. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, their linebackers is in their defense, man. Those those guys just look like I don't even know if Ventra makes their 3D um, as they no. like. Like, that's what I'm then that's and we missing Ventrell. Our defense is haywire. Yeah. Just think, like, just think about that. Like these fans are going crazy, want to fire people. We got an our starting linebacker, probably don't make their three deep. And, and when he's missing on our team, it's just end all be all. So right. bro, the biggest thing, man, is the most frustrating thing because I hate losing to Georgia. We lose mm-hmm. into a lot of rivals this year, man. That stinks, mm-hmm. but the talent level, like we keep looking at each room, whether it's defensive tackle, linebacker, defensive back, receiver, mm-hmm. tight end. None of that is the caliber of athletes we're used to seeing at the University of Florida, man. So, 
bro, the, the biggest thing I took away from that game is like how far the gap actually is, and and it's bigger than the mother. Yeah, no, it, it certainly is. Yeah, Jalen Carter did play. He accounted for one uh, assisted tack or assisted uh, tackle in the game. Um, that one play told me a lot about him, though. I yeah. <laughs> uh, no, definitely. Um, you know, Georgia is obviously incredibly strong, and it's tough to to be a measuring stick against them, right? Like you have to beat other teams as well. You know, I don't think anybody, no matter how rosy or orange or blue their sunglasses were going into this year, uh, nobody expected Florida to win this game. But um, to just know how far you are behind is an unfortunate thing to to watch because you do have to play them, you know, every year. Um, you know, Florida has now lost to the number one team, the number three team, number 24 team, and I think, you know, somebody else in the low 20s. I, not, not somebody else. I know they're, I think, somewhere 21 or 22 right now. And, you know, Florida has a, has a tough schedule. We knew it would be a tough year, but, you know, certainly this game was uh, – it just showed how big the uh, the gap was. I do want to talk a little bit, and, Nick, you, you had tweeted a bit about this, and, Corey, I know that you've, you know, talked a little bit about – just I know that we're not necessarily upset with some of the play calling when it comes to wide receivers being open and, and Anthony Richardson missing. Um, but, Nick, I know that you were tweeting a little bit about it during the game, about some of those runs. Uh, there was a number of times that I, I can oh remember at least three off the top of my head where Florida was in a position of third and long, um, and they did either the same counter or the same just you know run kind of up the middle, and they were stuffed each and every time, uh, putting themselves in an even – you know, just as bad of a position on fourth down and, and weren't able to capitalize on those. So, Nick, I know you did a, a bit of research on, on what Florida's been doing, but that's that's probably my biggest question mark on uh, on offense, Be you know, if, from a play-calling perspective. Yeah, they uh, – second half, third and nine, third and seven, third and six, third and eight, third and seven, all all runs. Um, but they, they, they didn't win on first and second down. So you had one mm -hmm. third and five. Everything else was six or more. Third and 16, third and 12, third and 26. Um, mm -hmm. So that doesn't excuse the play call. It's like, ah, shoot, we, we lost on first and second, so let's run on third, you know. Um, did, Billy, did Billy mention anything about that in the press today? I didn't catch it. No? No, there was a lot of stuff going no. on today. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, I heard. Uh, Before and I, after, huh? I would like to know what yeah. like the analytics is on our third downs and uh, them trying to get the fourth down. That's that's the vibe of it. It felt like they were playing four, fourth down. Uh, but a, a lot of times. In runs, they wasn't getting nowhere on even on the third and short. I mean. Uh, and, that, and that's been that's been all year, though. He'll, he'll, he'll like third and eight, third and nine, he'll they'll run a draw or a counter trying to get four yards because he, in his mind, he's already going for it on fourth. But yeah, the nerves gotta know by now. Like the, oh, I gotta do my own numbers or something because it's not yeah. working out a little bit. And to me, I don't, I don't know how well playing for fourth down is working for us. Your your roster might not match with the analytics. I get hey, right. the numbers say go for it. Maybe not. Yeah, yeah, I know what numbers say. Uh, you know, work work closely into the field of data analytics and everything else. And I know that you factor in both national averages, team averages, statistical and historical averages, you know, beyond that. But, you know, Florida's not ever, and I'm going to try to see if I can find some stuff while we're talking here, but Florida's never really been able to to put themselves in a position to capitalize no matter what the numbers say, even if historically over 10,000 games, you can expect this result to happen. I think if you look at Florida throughout the season this year, um, they've not been able to put themselves in a position to be able to capitalize and I'll do some research while y'all are talking. Yeah. I thought those calls are all felonies, man. Um, and I do think that some of our, like, 
it's hard because we throwing slants on those like third and eights and, and then they're just too hot and we're not uh converting them. Uh so it's difficult. I do think <clears> the, the quarterback is handcuffing Billy's play calling a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um I don't even like even if I don't like the 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 pace of it and, and some of the concepts, people are running wide open. Uh and he's just not hitting them. And that falls on the quarterback. Uh he coaches the quarterback, so it falls back on him as well. But eventually, uh I don't know how you fix hitting wide open, you know, receivers. Accuracy isn't an easy thing to fix, and it don't look like he's uh, corrected that any this fall. No, and it's probably even harder to fix when your quarterback coach is also your head coach, right? And I know that, you know, uh, they have a staffer that's focused on being the quarterback coach, but, you know, they're limited in terms of what they're able to do on the coaching field, you know, as well. So um, we're, we've seen some improvement, I think, on on some of the touch that Anthony Richardson's putting on the ball. But from an accuracy perspective, I mean, we're way off. I mean, he can, you know, go zero for three on long passes and then magically hit, you know, two in a row. Right. And then on the flip side, he can go, you know, three for three on on short to median yard passes, and then the next four he'll, you know, sail three and you know bounce the fourth. So um, it's you know, it's Florida's like you're desperately it, missing um, a good accurate quarterback. It's like your golf game. There's there's yeah. that one swing you have that keeps you coming back in the afternoon. You're like, yeah, I can do that. I'm, I'm going to come back and do this again. Uh, it, it's it's so it's so frustrating because you can see the potential. Um, right. and it's especially just not realized, especially evading tackles and and being able to to move when you know, plays break down. I mean, I was yeah. watching the game with, um, with a good friend of mine that happened, went to Georgia and he's just like, we can't figure out a way to tackle this guy behind the line of scrimmage. And I mean, you watch him and it, it's gotta be really frustrating as an opposing fan. You have four, you know, world-class defensive linemen, you know, trying to tackle him and, and he's still evading those. And then, you know, he, he's able to either get out or he's able to, to make sure that, that he doesn't get sacked. And then, you know, he has an opportunity to, to throw to a, a relatively wide open or, you know, lead a receiver and, and we're eight yards away on that pass. I think people also need to realize some things like, like people are calling for AI to get benched. I, I think it's absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to be real with you. Wow, uh, the, the defense, the, the way defenses are lining up versus us now, the moment you bench AR, you're going to watch this team, like teams dial it the fuck up on us. Now, excuse mm-hmm. my language. You're fine. This, this, the, the way defense play on us now, and, and you, if you use the switch quarterback and put somebody like Kitten or Jack Miller in, this this offense is going to be abysmal. I'm going to be yeah. real with you. Uh, the way defenses approach it, approach us is because of him. He he brings some opportunities, but even like I'm gonna be I'm gonna be fair with with whatever I have with my criticisms to him. It was good that he didn't turn the ball over this game, throw yeah. any interceptions. But it also feels when you're missing wide open receivers that are touchdown. Right, the guys are running open. When you miss guys like that wide open versus teams like Georgia, it feels like a turnover. Right. Mm-hmm. Feels the same way, so it's just got it's got to be some development. It's got to be a middle ground. I don't think benching him is the answer. Um, I think uh, you either got to cater your play calling towards his skill set, and that's what Dan Mullen was great at. But we didn't hire Dan Mullen, but that's another conversation. Um, I think that either that need to change, or AR mentally has to change his approach to the game and use his legs more. Mm-hmm. Your accuracy is struggling. It's a team game. It, it looks like he's reluctant to take off. That's my whole take on. Uh, and what's holding his game back is him just not running the ball. You got to use your biggest asset, and that's your legs. Uh, he's dropping some dimes. That dro- the throw to Shorter, yeah. the mm-hmm. throw to Henderson, those are beautiful yeah. passes. You can't tell me that guy don't supposed to be playing quarterback. 
You just got to fine tune some things and, and, and develop a little bit. But the moment they bench him, you guys will see exactly what this offense is. And those running backs ain't gonna have no room to run. Mm-hmm. I was trying. Yeah. To, I was going through like the the place. I thought there was a drive. Maybe I'm mistaken. Where he did run hard, like into contact. Right. Um, didn't go out of bounds. Like most times, yeah. like he's aiming for the sidelines. It was like third. I was trying to find it in the in the game notes, but I think it was like another, third quarter. Another mental mistake was that half when he ran out of bounds. Like that mm-hmm. was just like as you you gotta mature, you gotta know the game. That's just football intelligence. You gotta be smart. You run out of bounds, you you pretty much get him an opportunity to go back down and get points. Um, mm-hmm. He made some mistakes that game, even if it wasn't turnover. That felt like a turnover, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But I mean, you you look through, you know, first drive three plays four yards, second drive three plays six yards, third drive three plays one yard, fourth drive three three plays negative two yards, brutal. Four or fifth drive sixteen plays seven yards. So you're what four twelve? It's amazing. George eight, eighteen score yards, us, and man. you know you have <laughs> like for real twenty three total yards in yeah. you know a, a period and a half. You finally are able to go down and get some points uh, to be able to put yourself at least on the scoreboard. But then you know, like you said, so you know, running out of bounds, giving them time, you know, at the end of the the quarter to be able to get you know more points now puts you in you know a, a large deficit. You know, you're able to come out a bit of that deficit, but all of a sudden you don't let them score at the end of the second you know quarter there and. You know, now instead of it being 28 20 at the, the pinnacle of the game, it's 21 to 20, right? Who right. knows? Maybe that, that changes mentality, right? Right. But mm, uh, you, you know, said, uh, shout out to Chris, man. There's no super yeah. chat, but I'm going to read it because Chris, my guy, man. He said, Silk, if AR goes into the draft, does it make sense for him to continue to start? If he's going into the draft, I don't think he's going into the draft, bro. I, these scouts are nuts in my mind. I don't know what the hell they looking at, <laughs> but these scouts are crazy. If they like, some people are still predicting him first round. I, I, I I'm a believer in the kid. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I'm a big fan of AR, but I think he needs another year of college football, man. Yeah. Um, if he was to decide to go pro, I would not lose any sleep. If that's what you're asking, Chris, I'd be all right. Yeah, the 904 Wheelan, appreciate you for your super chat earlier or your donation earlier. Um, he said, Shane Matthews said a few things earlier. AR needs to go pro for the betterment of the program. Napier is scared or can't bench AR because of NIL money. Uh, don't know how, how true or not true. Not saying that Shane Matthews is, is wrong or right in that situation. I would not be surprised if this is completely unrelated to Anthony Richardson, if other situations like this don't arise during the course of NIL. Um, you know, I, I don't see Anthony Richardson being drafted high enough right now to make going to the NFL worth it. That's my opinion. Right. Um, I, I think if my favorite team drafted him and they were in need of a quarterback, I would be pretty frustrated with drafting him. I don't. I don't think he doesn't have potential. I don't think that he couldn't potentially be an NFL quarterback. Um, you know, but the NFL doesn't often draft quarterbacks for you to be able to sit on the bench for a few years and, and learn under somebody. Um, the NFL is a crazy place, Dan. I've yeah. seen some crazy things happen, but I think like because they, you never know. Like somebody may draft him first round on some project stuff, but uh, Jamarcus Russell was also drafted first round, bro. I think he needs another year to develop. one one. Yeah, number one. one overall just wasn't ready. I mean, he had you gotta go right, but um. The tools, a lot of a lot was missing from Jamarcus Russell that he needed to fix on. Uh similar to AR. I think he just needed to work on some stuff, bro. Um, um it, may, it may not clean up for him. Who knows? But he does need another year of college football, in my opinion. 
Soka, I know you've talked a little bit about this on the roll-up. AR is some great pocket presence, but his vision downfield is lacking. I know you've talked about it um, on the roll-up more specifically than this show, and I know you've mentioned it here as well, but uh, about the pistol formation and the idea that, of Anthony Richardson is better throwing the ball, and maybe we can you know, do an analysis on, on him out of shotgun versus him out of pistol, but it does seem like Anthony Richardson is a lot more comfortable when he doesn't have to turn his back to the field or isn't doing a play action when making those passes. Again, it could be anecdotal, but – why don't you expound on that a little bit from what you you've noticed? Uh, I'm not a quarterback guru at all. I want to lead, want to lead with that, man. Uh, yeah. But it does seem there's an obvious because I was trying to figure out like what's the difference between uh, when we saw him get on the field last year with Dan Mullen and now, and Dan Mullen had him in shotgun most of the time. Didn't really use any pistol. Uh, it the pistol affects the run game uh, because once the running backs on the left side, the defense kind of you're telegraphing the run there for the linebackers in the defense. Uh, most of the time, if the running back's on the left side of the shotgun, the running back's running left. That's just what mm-hmm. it is. A uh, pistol allows him, the running back, to go either way. It changes his defense's mindset. But our quarterback, he's just not processing it fast enough when, when he takes it out of the field and he puts it back. And his mindset, he's a, a, a pass-first guy, so he still wants to pass. And he's going to go, even if I think his vision's lacking down the field, he still wants to go through all those reads. And I think that's the biggest problem. I think it just needs to be, especially out the play action, if the first one's not there, second one, at most, you got to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's my thing. I think that's the biggest thing. They could do some adjusting there, but when you adjust to the shotgun, that affects the rest of your playbook. That's why I say yeah. he could be handcuffing Billy's play calling. Billy want to go out of pistol. Mm-hmm. AR can't operate out of pistol because there's some translation. He's missing some something after the play action or when he takes his eyes off the field. So that, that, that takes a lot out of your playbook. So that handcuffs the play call a little bit. So He's got a lot to fix. That's my overall take on the, the play calling and well, where we're at with Anthony Richardson in the quarterback position. I think the defense is also handcuffed the offense because now you're going to call a game differently because you can't afford to go quick three and out and throw your, your defense back on. So I think he's also, with his play calling, been trying to protect the defense and just sustain drives. Right, because what Nick is saying is so – if you give up an explosive play, right, for a touchdown, and you get back on the field and your offense go three and out, you, you got problems if that keeps happening. So it's a lot yeah. of times those cushions you guys yeah. are seeing. Desmond like, Watson we... ain't coming back on the field, so. <laughs> no comment. Yeah, my buddy had no idea about Desmond Watson, and he's like, he's like, that guy is huge. I'm like, yeah, wait till they try to change plays and you have to see him jog onto the field. And poor guy. Like, I, I, get, I hate watching the, <laughs> like, the game with people that don't watch it because everybody says that. Oh my God, he's so big! I love that. Um, I love the first time somebody he just doesn't know Florida. He just—I mean, he's a huge Georgia fan, but he just doesn't know Florida. He's like that guy's. Big. I'm like, yeah, that guy could eat your biggest player. I love that first time anyone sees him and they're like, "Wait, what is that?" And you're like, "Yeah, four four fifteen, big dude." Just a shock. Yeah, just the after a half a season of of practice every day in the in the flood, uh, hot Florida sun. Um, Want to give a shout out to BYU guy who uh, did a super chat. Thank you for watching, Mister BYU guy. Uh, UF needs to use AR like we use Lou Sassel. Um, I'll be honest with you, Lou Sassel. I'll have to watch who who that is I before check, I, I, before I comment. Lou getting busy, BYU guy. I gotta check Lou out then, man. Yeah, yeah. Let us know how uh, how Lou's doing. Um, I just wanted to make sure that that wasn't a fake name before I put it up there. We appreciate your money. Um, yeah, no BYU guy, hop, hop back in there and let us know uh, how you guys use him. Um, on offense, were you guys impressed, surprised by anything else in that game? 
Uh, I thought the offensive line did probably as good as you're you're gonna do uh, against Georgia. Um, you know, it was good to get Osiris Torrance back in the game, uh, but just ultimately not a not a not a great game if you're an offensive lineman just in general. It's gonna be a tough one to uh, to battle. You bring in uh, guy going a little bit. Oh, I'm sorry, Nick. Go ahead, bro. Etn Etn got things going a little bit. There you um, go. Yeah. <clears throat> I I I just didn't know what to like. Was it good? No. Was it as good as it could have been? Probably against that team. Mm-hmm. I thought we was gonna get like a buck fifty. I thought we would be able to do some things in the run game. Our center position struggled mightily. Like I don't yeah. like right, end up with 129 be... yards rushing. Close. No, 100. He's got a factor. Uh, so yeah, I have us. That's that's just with rushing yards. That doesn't yeah. include sacks yeah. or anything else. Gotcha. 34. I have 34 carries for 100 yards. So 2.9 a tote. Interesting, because I'm reading this and it Ew. says 31 rushes for 129 yards. So, you know, sorry, I hit my microphone. Somewhere between there. Let me. I'll, I'll take in, a look. In that ballpark. All right, yeah. uh, fans, y'all tell us who's right, Nick or Dan. Yeah. With these well, we, we know who's most likely going to be right on this one. Most likely to be right is Daniel Thompson. That's right. Uh, let's see. <laughs> well, anyway, but while we while we looked this up, I thought uh, I definitely thought uh, ETN played really well. I thought that he played well uh, running the ball and uh, catching the ball out of the uh, out of the backfield and you know going out for some quick outs and stuff. Um, you know, move the ball. You know, allowed Florida to to move the ball downfield. Uh, really impressive for uh, for a freshman who I think is is very much deserving of of um, you know earning more carries and, and has, a, has a has a big home on this team. Yeah, I want to talk about defense and we'll talk about Chris McClellan yeah, there. I'll shout out to ET and two. I like the I like the change they made at kickoff return, getting Hendo off of that, getting seven in, and he's making something positive and productive on every kickoff return, man. I don't mind him taking it out the end zone and none of that. I like seven at kickoff return. Yeah, I'm just adding up all of these uh these numbers here. We did see uh, Lorenzo Lingard come back into this game as well. Yeah, Naquan's but just on a milk carton. Yeah, like Lorenzo Lorenzo's not Mass getting a ton teams. of carries. He's not getting a Man. ton of carries. What do you have? Uh, one. one. One carry. But Naquan, know. haven't seen him in a month. Mass exit is on the way, man. I, I really think we're, you're going to get a lot of movement. A lot of moving and shaking. We'll talk about a little movement later. Uh, and yeah. what is offensively that I got on my mind? Uh, didn't like the center play. Uh, a lot of a lot of mistakes. Penalties. Mm-hmm. Uh, was getting, getting getting pushed back a lot. Didn't, didn't like that. Um, offensively, what do you think about it? I've seen Elkness and you tweeted this out, Nick. Uh, a screenshot you caught him in 4K. Shot to you. I think he tried to delete the tweet, but you know, you're here to yeah. report the news. Yeah, Nick, but I missed wait. a tweet from you. What'd you put out there? Elkness, uh, man. Well, I want to ask you before before you get into it, when you when you after you finish explaining it, let me know what you feel about the, the tight end, how they've been using the offense and the production from it and the talent there. Go ahead. Um Elksis tweeted something like it was whatever the their tight end stats were in the first half, and Florida had had zero catches for zero yards to their tight ends, mm-hmm. um, and then some emojis. Fans were not happy that he was tweeting something disparaging to Florida at halftime of the game. Uh, he's hurt. He's was back in Gainesville. Um, the the two tight ends Georgia has are going to play in the NFL. <laughs> Come on, man! Like what they're going to play in the NFL. Up? 
Um, no, they the probably have end. three tight ends. I'll be honest with you that are going to play in the NFL. So like I, if, if Florida had Bowers and Washington on the team, I think they would have a, a bunch of carries or a bunch of, a uh, bunch of catches and would be very involved in the offense, mm-hmm. but they don't have guys like that. Tough to have not even, not even in the, the same book, same library. Mm. Right. Right. Is he injured yeah. right now? Oh, says, yeah. Yeah, he's. Uh, I don't think he'll be back uh, this year. Same injury from the spring. Oh, I thought you were going to say ever. <laughs> well, hmm. <sighs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. You know, Florida obviously hasn't. Uh, you know, at times that the tight end has been utilized. You know, you've seen a little bit of Keon Zipper, and we'll talk a little bit. Uh, there's some rumors going about him. We're going to try to confirm any of those during this podcast or not. Um, and then, uh, you know, you an uh, in injury. Um, question mark. Um, but but ultimately, you know, haven't really seen anything uh, of tight end this year. And, you know, that was definitely one of our biggest question marks going into the year. So, you know, I'll say that we were we, we prognosticated that one correctly. I want to uh, read Jared's comment because I do want to talk about that a little bit. He said mm-hmm. this is like the third or fourth instance where our players have tweeted, liked, or whatever, criticism of Billy's offense. I expect this. I expect some defensive players start doing it as well. I, I expect like, like mass exodus, like the last regime, it was toxic. Mm-hmm. Whenever you have a regime come in, I was when it went through spring football and we have anybody transfer, it was very minimal transfer. And when we, we was all expecting a lot of port action yeah. in the spring, we didn't get it. Um now it's rearing his head, and, and that's fine. But this is this is all part of the process, bro. Like everybody wants to be smooth, everybody wants to get 10 wins the first year, like Dan Mullen and McElwain did, but we got burnout. So let's see what a full rebuild look like. Flip the roster. Like players want to tweet, then they can find the exit, man. Like one of my guys said in Nick's uh, 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 comments, they could make like a pimp in a trailer and haul ass. You know, that's just what it is, man. It's opportunity. Anybody that's unhappy, uh, they could jump in the transfer portal. But it's part of the process. Every team. You look around the country, if you got a new coach, whether it's LSU, mm-hmm. whether it's Miami, around the country, if there's a new coach, players are going to be crying and whining. Yeah, is. yeah. There's definitely a, a couple of players that are more vocal about it or not. Uh, there's definitely a lot of a lot of likes. And Twitter's obviously made following likes a lot more easier uh, or a lot easier now to see as they'll pop up in your uh, in your news feed. Uh, you know, I, I think it makes sense, right? You have a new coach. Uh, you try to earn your opportunity. You earn your spot. Uh, maybe you don't get that, but maybe you think your opportunity gets earned along in the season. And now you're four and four. You know, two thirds of the way through the season and. You know, now it's time to, uh, to 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 poke the to poke the bear to to make your frustrations known and heard. And um, you know, I do think that there's going to be a lot of changes. You know, I was talking on. I appreciate JD Pakel having me on. His space is on Saturday morning. We were talking about it. And I, I told him that I would not be surprised if you know, outside of graduations and, and players leaving early for the NFL draft, if 25 plus players are are gone. Um, you know, from the season, so. What were you saying, Nick? You're on mute. Um, is that including seniors? I'm just like, that's just a lot of people. I expect uh, yeah. the same number, Nick. Yeah, no, I um, I do. I I, I expect a lot. Um, it's a I, large I, I, number. It, it is, and I do think that Florida's going to try to bring in a lot of uh, – I don't think that there's going to be many leaving early for the NFL. And Mullen brought in a lot of mid. Uh, I do think that there's going to be a lot of change. I, I would not be surprised, Nick, if this year 
if the roster, if you were to compare rosters now to, to, to rosters at this point next year, if you don't have probably a, at least a 40% change. Whew. Yeah. You know, it's bad when, like, you know, normally in the past, there's like a bunch of guys on the bench we just can't wait to see play. Like, now it's like nobody, like, bench him for him. There's nobody left no more. We just like, all right, man. It's like, we just want to see something. Just just let it ride. Bro, like, what do you what do you do at this point? Um, a lot of these games we could have won. That's why I'm not, mm-hmm. like, you, you look at most of the season, you're looking at one possession games that we, we just couldn't close on. Uh, in, in year two, we'll see if we close that gap. I do want to say we, we're going to talk about the defense, but I think the defense shows some improvement mm-hmm. uh, off of the bye week. The offense should have came out, and that's we didn't speak on that. I think mm-hmm. Billy, that 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 offensive plan should have been better coming off of a bye, uh, regardless of AR's play. Yeah. I think we could have we could have uh, had a better game plan uh, to start that game to make it a little bit easier for him, uh, regardless of how bad it was. Uh, I think we could have we could have game plan a little bit better from the uh, from the top. Yeah, we um we don't. I, I know we used to criticize Jim McElwain and, and Dan Mullen a bit for that that first scripted drive. We didn't criticize Dan Mullen. He was he's good, great offensive mind. You know, even at Florida. Um, no, we we criti- well, yeah, no, no, but I, I mean for the the opening scripted drive. You know, he wasn't really big on just a scripted drive. It doesn't seem like like we have one. Um, we. We, we really don't seem to come out, uh, and I, again, would have to double-check this, but it doesn't seem like we come out with a, a real game plan that, that differs from what the entire game is going to look like at the, beginning of the, at the beginning of the game compared to, you know, I know Mike Norvell, I know a lot of other coaches are big on that scripted drive, not comparing them, just saying, you know, I know Florida does not seem to, to be doing that. Uh, I think they've actually been good on that first drive, and then, in my opinion at least, he gets, like, cute the second drive. Um, and then you and then you kind of stall out. Um, mm. He actually goes to throw a lot first drive. He a lot of a lot yeah. of big throws, a lot of explosive plays. Uh, we don't see drives, I would say, but I do think we get explosive that first drive, and it dies out a little bit. Yeah, and and maybe that that happens. That you know, I, I don't remember every single drive. Obviously, you know, the LSU game, you go out and score. I'd have to double check, but I don't think I know Florida has tried, but I don't think that they've been successful. And I do think that just going for that one big play isn't necessarily a recipe for success too, when you don't have the most accurate quarterback throwing the ball, right? Like it can work, right? It did against LSU, but it does seem to me like it is a, a home run play or a three and out. I, again, we'll, we'll, we can talk a little bit more about that next week. I do some research or we'll forget about it. Um, well, let I'm me, yeah, let me get a quick uh, pay our bills advertisement here for our friends. Over at Home Field Apparel, use homefieldapparel.com. Use promo code uh, Stadium and Gale. Get 15% off of your order. Uh, Halloween is nearly behind us, and that means that it is officially going to be Christmas time and an opportunity for you to use that discount code. Uh, they have hoodies, they have sweaters, they have t shirts for UF and, and I don't know. I think it's over 75 schools now. So go visit them, homefieldapparel.com. Use promo code Stadium and Gale for 15% off of your order. Uh, there's a couple of really good questions on YouTube that we'll get to uh, either before or after the Texas A&M writer comes on in a few minutes. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about the defensive side of the ball. Uh, you know, Florida allowed Georgia – to have 560 yards on 78 scrimmage plays, uh, 7.18 yards per play. They allowed 38 passes for 316 yards, 40 rushes for 239 yards. Uh, Georgia was 
the number four, I believe, defense in the our offense in the country going into the game. Uh, Florida obviously struggled. Um, a lot of bulk yards, uh, you know, a lot of huge pickups, you know, per play. But uh, give me your guys' uh, thoughts uh, on the defense in the game. Yeah, about how many stops we got? We just got stops, and we was able to get them to fourth down. I thought the defense improved. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought we played closer to the line of scrimmage, more press this game. Um, I do think that Patrick Tony had a, a, a somewhat of a game plan for Stetson Bennett. He had mm -hmm. he knew his tendencies, and we were able to create some turnovers. So. Uh, overall, uh, there's a lot to be desired on the defense, but they, I, mm -hmm. I saw some improvement coming off a of bye week. Um, Trey Dean played better. Rashad mm -hmm. Torrance, bro, like I don't, we need some safety yeah. to come down and tackle people. Uh, watching Georgia's third screen running back run through our starters, that that's a veteran guy, like the freshman third screen. It just it just shows, like I said, the gap. You know, mm -hmm. like we we got to up up the talent pool. Uh, but I do like Patrick Tony's game plan overall. Mm -hmm. uh, wasn't bad. We played more man press. It's hard to go man press when you can't. I think the pass rush still struggled nonetheless this game, and we weren't mm -hmm. getting home with four. So it's hard to go man when, when you can't get home with four and you got yeah. tight ends that could do good. And here's the thing about when you go man. When when Omari Bernie mess, uh, missed on a play that he was in position to make up on, there's no there's nobody behind him. Uh, mm -hmm. Then Bowers goes for 70 yards. So it's hard to go man because like you give it those explosive plays like that, and then you got to put that – that offense back on the field that may go three and out. So that's yeah. what Nick Nick was talking about earlier. Sometimes the defense has to protect the offense. Let's talk a little thing, uh, a few things, Nick. Before you jump in there, just to answer a couple things that Corey talked about, 10% uh, of Georgia's plays uh, were considered explosive. What, what an explosive play in the metrics world is a run that goes beyond 12 yards or a pass that goes beyond 16 yards. So 10% of the passes or 10% of the, their pardon me, uh, was considered an explosive play, but uh, so you mentioned Florida did get some stops. They did. Um, they, you know, forced them to punt on the first drive. Uh, they get a turnover on their fourth drive with a, a great interception by uh, Jadarius Perkins. Want to give him a shout out for that sure. uh, interceptions. Just pulled it out of the, uh, the uh, wide receiver's hands in that one. Go make um, a play, bro. Yeah, go, and he did. That's just, who but wants it more? You like blame, yeah, yeah, you like to blame the coaches. Sometimes you got to want that shit more, man. And Darius mm -hmm. Perkins went and made a play, and then the next series, they set him down for 16. Broke, yeah, broke my know, heart. But, but like you said, um, you know, Silk, you know, Florida forces a punt. The first drive only gets four yards. Uh, they force an interception to go three plays minus two yards. Uh, they force Georgia to punt when the score is 21 to nothing. Uh, then they march downfield and they get a, a field goal. Um, they force Georgia to punt again, go three plays for one yard. Uh, and ultimately on that next drive, Georgia scores another touchdown, right? So, um, but then you start, you know, you cause a fumble, you cause an interception, right? You know, Florida was able to, to force Georgia off the field. So even though they got a lot of yards, you know, there was still opportunity for right. Florida to, to stay in this game. And they just, unfortunately, uh, you know, playing that bend don't break uh, defense broke them in, in this game, but uh, they definitely did uh, force some you know, Georgia to uh, into some mistakes. That drive after uh, Bernie's interception, um, yeah. when you got it to 28-20, that's just you, – you have to find a way to not allow Georgia to go 78 yards on six plays and right. immediately mm -hmm. make it a two-score game again. Like, right, yes, all the momentum, yards, yeah. All the momentum had swung back into your favor. I'm trying to remember that drive because they, they, they just got that rolling like very early in the drive. They, <laughs> they did, like, yeah, yeah. 11-yard yeah. uh, run to start off, uh, then – 
Uh, they have a two-yard loss, and then they have a 19-yard pass, then a 20-yard run, then an eight-yard run, then a 22-yard run. I, I mean, they, they and they just were just gash. you know this gash. was these were holes. These were were semi-truck size holes to to go through. You talking uh, third quarter, so they're rotating mm-hmm. guys the entire game, fresh bodies. By yeah. by third quarter, Big 21 is <laughs> is exhausted, man. You know, yeah. got one tank. Got one tank. Hey, got one while, tank. While, while we're here, I think Seven is, is playing the best defensive tackle uh, on, mm-hmm. on the team right now as a true freshman. Yeah, I think that you can say that in a number of different uh, d- different areas that your your transfers or your freshmen uh, or are the best players at those positions. But, but Chris him, McClellan's great. While we got a moment, pound that like button. Uh, yep. Like, subscribe, comment, beef in the comments, get your opinions off. Use a super chat. We'll, we appreciate your fragrance journey, my guy. Yeah, appreciate you. Uh, Jason Posey, appreciate your super chat. Uh, let's see. We got another uh, super chat earlier that we didn't shout out. Uh, 904 Wheeling, I appreciate you. Um, and then there's another one um, that Chris Sorley asked, and I appreciate that. I, I think that we're going to avoid uh, <laughs> the Mark Long situation for now. Uh, so, Chris, apologies uh, for that. But no, uh, I think it's guys, hilarious. I'm not going to get into it, but I think it's hilarious that those guys were talking with a mic on and didn't know it. Like, that's crazy. You got to be careful. Yeah. yeah. I, I, if you're around a mic, assume that that mic is it's always hot. on. So, so, Chris, appreciate the super chat. I think that we're just going to try to stay above that uh, discussion for right now. Bro, I'm uh, going. I'm going into that room Wednesday night. Nothing. No questions yeah, being asked. On. No questions being asked. I'm not, not opening my mouth. Not giving Was anyone the chance. Talking greasy with the mic on. Didn't even know it. That's crazy to me. Yeah, it almost <laughs> seemed. Again, we're not going to talk about it. Here we are talking about it. But like, it almost seemed like they knew that the mic was on. They're like, let's see what kind of egregious things that we can say. No, they definitely um, know. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that was it, Dan. I, no, I no, I don't. No, I know. <laughs> obviously, that wasn't it. But the way that the conversation happened was like, what egregious thing? You know, the, yeah, you couldn't yeah. paint a a more rosy Word. picture of uh, of what he said uh, if he knew or didn't know that the mic was on. Um, so Nathaniel Rogers uh, mentioned something here. He said, "Thank God for our Louisiana transfers." I had this conversation Amen. with my buddy the oh, other day. Man. Uh, you know, I can't imagine where Florida season would be right now without Montreal Johnson or Osiris Torrance. Or ETN. <laughs> like, that's a blessing as well. Like, we need all of those guys, right? What, what would our running back room be? We thought it was was decent, but those two additions turned out to be our better two, two running backs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, I think that Florida, a lot of Florida fans thought that this would be Naquan Wright's, um, you know, big year. Um, you know, obviously we, we've seen where that's gone. Um, you know, if you don't factor in Ricky uh, Pearsall, who had a couple big catches, you know, has had a good game. I don't know where Florida would be right now with some of these, without some of these transfers. Um, obviously you can say that about a lot of programs and, and being able to use a transfer portal to your advantage. But, um, you know, right now Florida is in a, uh, They've they've got to get into the talent acquisition business. Uh, this is going to be a busy offseason for them. Fun, it's man. Wild. It's wild to me. How did Montreal Johnson go to the UL? Mm. That good from New Orleans. Right. LC was just like, no, nah, we're good. And you look, he was productive in high school, too. It's not like yeah. he was like, uh, he got busy. Yeah, let's see. Um, I'm just going to pull up his... Pull up his on three. He, he was ranked as the 60th best running back in the country in that class. 
29th um, best player in Louisiana. You know, Cyrus Torrance has played over 2,700 snaps of college football. Hasn't given up a sack. That's amazing. That's an amazing stat, bro. That's yeah. a, that's what gets you draft draft the first round. Those type of stats. Uh, what I do you was, think? Uh, go ahead, I was go in ahead. the so we, we they they parked the media pretty far away, so they had a shuttle for us, and I was in uh, the shuttle on the way into the stadium. And uh, I'm asking the scout that I'm sharing the shuttle with uh, what he thinks about Florida's guys. He goes, "Osiris Torrance has the worst body I've ever seen, but he just moves people." Like yeah, move people. That's all you gotta do. It's not a beauty. It's not beauty pageant on the offensive line. No, I don't want to see him naked or nothing. Care about his body. What do you think about the uh, outside of Intra Miller linebacker position? It's it's kind of funky. I expect a lot of exits in that room as well, but didn't see a whole lot of Derek. We can go so far this year. Not a whole lot of Dewan Black, uh, Shamar James. What do you think about his development? Uh, I we got to be expecting those that linebacker room to clear out, right? Yeah, I mean, not not Shamar, um, <clears throat> but no, I not him. would not be surprised if Wingo or Black, um, you know, uh, got to getting. Um, I, I don't. I don't think to your other question. I don't think I'm like super impressed with Shamar. To be honest, right. not that he's playing poorly, um, but I think he came in right away and flashed early on, and I thought, okay, Florida's got someone here. They got something, and I just not that he's gotten worse. I just don't think he's gotten better it's not like a, a linear progression for him this year so i still think he's gonna be a good player i think he's your starter next year um but haven't really you know been too portal, uh guy getting the portal a lot of portal all right so we got we got a question from zach that continues to uh he asked would Kiffin have had a quicker turnaround for the Gators? Um, I think with this schedule, Kiffin gets you eight, nine wins for sure. I don't think it goes any crazier than that, but I think it won't be sustainable. Like he's he's Dan Mullins, like him and Spider-Man pointing at each other. Uh, good schemers uh, could get the, the most out of the, the talent on the roster, but overall program building – uh, there's a lot to be desired. So I'm not a big Lane Kiffin guy as far as like my program. I like to watch him on Saturdays for other people's programs, but I don't want him in Gainesville. Yeah, the only reason I wanted Lane Kiffin was just to – I'm a writer. Uh, I'm getting quotes <laughs> from the coach. Right. <laughs> I, would, I would love to get my quotes from Lane Kiffin. Yeah, for I sure. don't – I think what you're seeing with Florida's issues aren't necessarily a, a Billing Napier issue, right? I think that they stem beyond that. Um, you know, the, you know, Florida is getting beat by by bigger and stronger teams. I don't think that Lane Kiffin has, you know, the world's best strength and conditioning program to completely change. Uh, as we can see, Tennessee, Tennessee, Tennessee is with the shits. As we can see, like they they for real. Tennessee they might be is this year, people. right? They they are this year. They've got some uh, some great players. They've got some great transfers. They've, uh, you know, Hendon Hooker is right now the the number one uh, favorite to uh, to win the Heisman Trophy. Um, I he, think of Anthony. He's Richardson. older than Tua. Yeah, bro. He's yeah. old. The matchup next week. They're both twenty five. Bennett. Yeah, we just they're both Bennett old as hell too. Yeah, Bennett just turned twenty five the day before the Florida Georgia game. We need to start um, recruiting like the the, the male. 
that male guy. <laughs> yeah, male guys. We need to start Who recruiting public places like that. Get like grown people with jobs and bring was it them John in. Da- was it John David Booty who went back? So he like got drafted for baseball out of high school and then went to LSU and he was like 23 years old, his first year of eligibility. Winky was like 40, right? Something crazy. I, I think Winky was actually uh 44, 45. No, he wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, but, uh, you know, Hendon Hooker, you know, somebody mentioned, uh, you know, Zach, yeah, that, that Hooker is covering a lot of, you know, the Vols team's issues. So I do think that, you know, obviously they're having a great year. I think if Anthony Richardson right now was the number one player um, on the Heisman Trophy watch list, that Florida would be better than they are right now, right? It's I don't think that Blaine Kiffin would have turned Anthony Richardson into that guy either. So I guess uh, that's my opinion is I don't know if Florida's better or not. Um, but right now I'm going to say, even if they were scoring more points or looked a little bit more productive on, um, on the scoreboard offensively, I don't know if it's made up anywhere else. I said last year, I like what Hyper was doing after we beat him. Yeah. I, knew they, I knew there was going to be a problem because he's a schemer like Dan Mullen. Uh, the difference between uh, uh, their recruiting, I think, is going to be hot as well because Tennessee's always always been w- with the games or whatever when it comes mm-hmm. when it pertains to recruiting, they with it. So even if Hypo's not the best recruiter, um, mm-hmm. their their administrative administration uh, and the people around that program, the boosters and everybody, uh, they're with the recruiting, so uh, they're going to be a problem. As long as I think they're there. with a few other things. I want to give a shout out to uh, to Tennessee's entrance. Um, I don't like Tennessee. Saturday I hate Tennessee. Night. Yeah, that that entrance that they have with the fireworks going off off the stadium and everything else, from an aerial perspective looking in, is that's pretty badass. Yeah, they've got two great jerseys that the black right, they wore man. last we week. Hype them on here, guys. yeah, yeah. yeah we need to stop hyping them. Smoky <laughs> grays. Yeah, the smoky grays are pretty cool. Um, uh, Chris Sorley. Uh, zipper out for the season. Uh, I think we're still waiting on actual confirmation of that. Uh, I know that there's a post. I think some things got deleted. I think we're we're waiting on on that. So uh, we want to make sure that we are putting uh, accurate information out there until it is 100% confirmed along the way. Uh, while we wait for the Texas A&M beat writer that is going to be joining us today, let's give our friends over at Alumni Hall a quick shout out, go visit them at alumnihall.com or go visit them at uh, their location on Archer Road there in Gainesville. Uh, go check out their new Ring of Honor jerseys that they have for Wilbur Marshall and Tim Tebow and check out all of their new car accessories. Um, great products, uh, really the, the, the best place that you can buy Florida Gators apparel in Gainesville, Florida. Again, go visit them, alumnihall.com, or go visit them on Archer Road. All right, gentlemen, the Gators play a team that had massive expectations going into this season and has since struggled uh, to uh, capitalize on on their recruiting, capitalize on on Jimbo Fisher, uh, capitalize on anything. Uh, They lost this weekend to Ole Miss and moves the Texas A&M Aggies to three and five on the season uh, with a matchup against the Gators on Saturday. Uh, What are you guys uh, most curious about, about uh, Texas A&M and their team? Uh, Well, since I'll be there, interested to see 
a more full stadium than 2020, yeah. even though uh, my buddy who I'm staying with uh, I talked to said maybe 75. Um, I might try to sneak into Midnight Yell just to see how crazy uh, the Colts is. Um, they are making a change. They're making a uh, change at quarterback. Um, I'm blanking on the kid's name right now. Um, Connor Wegman. Wegman. Mm-hmm. Like started him. last week. Started last week. Uh, went 28 to 44 for 338. Four touchdowns. No interceptions. Uh, they lost. I think they're going to go with him again. So interested to see him. Um, what I don't want to see is for Florida to be the medicine that Jimbo's offense needed. Like, don't go in there and give up 550 yards like you did to Georgia. Hmm. Um, go in there. Everyone else is shutting down this this Aggie offense. Go in there and do that same thing. Now it's a road game. It's a tough place to get to. Um, but stand up for yourself. Yeah. No, obviously Texas A&M has some talented players. Uh, but, uh, you know, ultimately you cannot allow that to happen. Uh, let's see. If you look on the season, uh, they have only one game against – well, they have two games, I guess, if you include their game against Sam Houston State uh, to start the season where they have more than 400 yards of total offense in a game. You cannot let your team – be the third uh, they scored or they had 480 yards last week against Ole Miss in a game that they led for for quite some time uh, they did end up losing to number 11 Ole Miss uh, 31 to 28 uh, but they they looked a little bit more uh, they, they looked like they had some life in them last week um, so we'll see uh, man uh, I don't know what to expect from uh... Jimbo and those guys, I hope it gets more turmoil this week. I hope everything gets turned <laughs> upside down. Uh, we're in a flux a little bit. It's a different type of flux uh, because we got new new blood coming in. Uh, and Jimbo could be fired any day now. It's kind of the field. So hopefully it's just more turmoil, man. You know, hopefully they whole team don't show up. There's more suspensions. We need those type of vibes. We need help because we need five wins. Um, hopefully the defense has some carryover from the Georgia game and can get some turnovers because we're going to need them in a away stadium. We just – I don't know what to expect from this game. I'm going to be real with you because I don't yeah, know what shows up. They've lost four in a row, um, but their last three losses are only by a combined 13 points to Georgia – to Alabama by four, South Carolina by six, and then Ole Miss by three. So uh, while they are losing, uh, they are not um, you know, certainly getting blown out in this game. What do you most want to see out of the Gators besides obviously limiting them on offense and, and trying not to let, um, you know, Connor Wegman uh, go off for 429 yards like he did today? Um, they're going to throw the ball and they're going to throw the ball a lot. Um, so what are you what are you most looking forward to? Um, most looking forward to, like, hopefully finding some rhythm. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. we, we played our, our, the first half of this schedule. And, and we all know that's the toughest part of our schedule. Now that the competition is, is loosening up a little bit, uh, we go on the road. I want to see us just find some rhythm, uh, get the play calling, like drive out the drive. Give me several drives in a row. We're moving the ball, getting it on the other side of the 50. You may not score every drive, but I just need to see some type of rhythm, uh, most importantly, out of my offense. I, I do think uh, our defense is, is very suspect going into this game versus some high-caliber receivers like guys are talking about Evan Stewart in the comments. Um, so we, we are on barbecue mm-hmm. chicken alert. 
Uh, hopefully yeah. we can hold some things down. I think Jason Marshall played a great game last game. I do want to. I think the refs was drunk. High, oh, jeez, out of their mind. Jason Marshall played a very good game. I do want to give him some flowers. He was in position and 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 did what he had to do as defensive back. Uh, and the ref was just, I don't know. I think they had some money on the spread. <laughs> I, I do want to do a brief aside. Um, I am not at all saying that, you know, the reason the Florida lost were, were because of refs, because there was bad calls well, on both sides. Sure. They have no idea what pass oh interference God. is right now. There was a pass interference that was called, and there was pass that- interference that was not called. I, there, there just wasn't any consistency. Uh, and uh, and the replay one of them, that they showed one of them like second quarter maybe like right away turned into points for Georgia. Yeah, yeah. it was. It, it should have been OPI, but they called de- they defense. Called it defense. Tom right. yeah, what yeah. is going yeah. on, dog? Yeah, they called it right. on Marshall. That, that was outlandish, man. I was like, I'm just, I'm a diehard fan, and like I said, if the coach ain't quit, I'm gonna be there. I'm not gonna go to the market. But I was so close to just flicking the TV off on that. I was like, come on, bro. Like it's all right. We already playing the monsters. Mm-hmm. Now y'all helping him. Now the refs helping him. Like, come on, bro, give us, give us a shot. Anywho, yeah. I expect. I, I just hope we get some rhythm on offense. The offense is mm-hmm. find some rhythm. Then I think we win this football game. It's a, it's a, it's a must win. I think at this point, I think we need some, some momentum. We lost. Uh, we'll talk about recruiting in a little bit, but I think the program needs some momentum. So uh, Billy need to come out here and let us, let, let it all hang out a little bit. I mean, you're talking about just in the game, also just. As a program, like since the last Georgia game, Florida six and seven, the only back-to-back wins are from Eastern Washington and Missouri. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just there's like nothing to get feel good about for an extended period of time. If you're a Florida fan, it's just, yeah, there's yeah. just like as soon as something good happens, you give up forty-two to Georgia. Yeah, I think yeah. every SEC team since we've played them last, except for Missouri and Vanderbilt. Like I, I, all kinds of weather, but it would be nice if it wasn't like monsooning for seven straight years. Mm-hmm. Like just a, like a little. It hasn't been monsooning for seven straight years. Uh, that's hyperbole, but I'm I'm saying mm-hmm. like I believe it's still hyperbole. I say hyperbole too, Nick. So don't feel bad. <laughs> what does Dan? What does Dan know? I don't. I don't. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's um, in every state, so I'm pretty sure he's right. That's true. Yeah, no, uh, no, Nick. I think that you you are exactly right. I love that uh, the commentary you just had there. Florida has to get some momentum, and I know that recruiting. We're going to talk about that, you know, a little bit more. Recruiting is going well enough, uh, but but Florida needs some excitement. They need some momentum. They need to string together a win against a team that 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 is a big name brand, right? Even though the Texas A and M is three and five right now, they still have a national name, you know tied to them right you have texas a&m and then you have south carolina and then you have vanderbilt if you can go and win those three games before you go into fsu now all of a sudden you have some excitement right because now you're playing for win number eight you lose this game you're you're in a dogfight against south carolina maybe you lose both of those now you're in a position where you need Vanderbilt and then you need to beat FSU just to be bowl eligible so florida needs momentum they have to win this game in college station yeah, I think I, – I, I had this as a loss before the year. Had no idea that, that mm-hmm. Jimbo was going <laughs> to yeah. – had no idea we were going to put Jimbo on, you know, a Christmas tree on the curb alert this year. Um, right. But I think Florida can – 7-5, I think was my prediction when, when I got called negative. And I think 7-5 mm-hmm. is, is probably right where this team's going to land. Yeah. It look, no, it you're, like you're right. 
yep. looks like it. I would like we, 70. I wouldn't be mad at 75 right now. Like 75. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that shit looks high right now, right now, Nick. But it's not crazy to think that Florida could run the table and win four. We would, no, like, it's I, not. I, I proje- my projections came from the season. Of, uh, I thought highly of Anthony Richardson, and I thought he had to elevate uh, everybody around him play, um, and, and that didn't happen. You know, he, he's 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 Aaron. He's just not consistent. So, uh, as you see, he's inconsistent, yeah. and, and so is the team. Yeah. Um, our season was predicated a lot of on a lot of his success, and it's just I not. Just, happening. It, it goes as Anthony goes. Correct. Yeah. And then people asking for Kitten. Or is Jaden Hill? I like Kitten, man. I think Kitten <laughs> would hit some of those throws, but I do think the uh defenses changes with the uh with the, with the, with the guy at the ham, guys. That's what everybody Bro, gotta people, understand. People come after me on Saturdays. What do they say, bro? When I'm like I, I think Saturday I said I hope either one of the backups gets in. So like, they get that so, Miami so, feel. Miami wanted no, Jake no. Garcia. It was like, yeah, it was like so you can see what would happen. They're like, you don't know right. what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, all right. <laughs> we are uh, we are about like, to welcome uh, Travis L. Brown from uh, the Eagle, uh, which is uh, it covers um, Brian and College Station. But before we do that, before we let him in, uh, let's give our friends over at Dome Hats. Uh, a quick thank you for their sponsorship of Stadium and Gale. Go visit domehats.com. Use promo code uh, Stadium Gale. Get 15% off of your order. This hat that I'm wearing now, the hat that Nick wore last week, the hat that I think you're wearing, Silk, or, or wore last week for sure, yes, is sir. all from them. So go give them a check Actually, at. No, oh, very good. Uh, go give them a, a visit online at uh, domehats.com. Uh, promo code stadium and stadium gale at checkout. Uh, he is just getting in on uh, here shortly into the room. Uh, just uh, a couple of res- or a couple of notes while we wait for him. I know that you guys are are curious about Evan Stewart, the freshman that uh, looked at Florida last year. He leads the team in receiving right now with 478 yards. Uh, Connor Wegman, who Nick mentioned uh, so far this season, is 36 of 59 for 429 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, they're struggling. They're, they're, they're just not a, a great team on third down. Uh, they're 34 of 99 on the season. So we will see how they do against uh, the Gators. But let's, while we wait for him to, to log in here, which game, Zach is asking, which game is least likely for us to win? Which game is least likely for us to win? So Florida has Texas A&M, South Carolina, Vanderbilt, and FSU. Which game do you think is the least likely for Florida to win? Probably this one, A&M. I think. I don't least think likely. I think Florida State. Man, maybe I haven't watched enough Florida State, but I'm, I have not bought stock in Florida State. No, I think I, I, I haven't bought any stock in neither. I just think Texas A&M is a whole shit show, um, regardless of how they play. And I think, like, even with the way they played Miami in hindsight is is a, is a, a alarm. And I don't think we that perfect. We got a lot to fix, but I think they're upside down. Mm-hmm. Florida State at least has, like, they, they, they're the happiest four-win team or five-win team in the history of football. Like, nobody's oh ever been so happy to be above 500 like Florida State. So uh, they're going <laughs> to pack that – 
that joint out. I don't think Texas A&M is going to be a pack house. I think Florida State will be a pack house just because they're going to be happy that Mike got them just at 500. You know, that's going to be momentum. Uh, Texas A&M trying to find a new coach. That's why I think Florida State, just from a stadium perspective, uh, brings like a big of a challenge. South Carolina's at home. Vandy's Vandy. Nick, what do you think? Gas this, is expensive. This game? Yeah, gas is expensive as hell. That oil money out there in College Station might just like throw ninety five yes, million dollars at Jimbo and be like, "Hey, you about to see it? Y'all about to see just how rich them people is, man? They ain't gonna, <laughs> they gonna, they're not about to blink their eye at, at ninety five million dollars, and they're gonna re up with another person that wants like ninety five million dollars. It's about to go crazy. Um, but don't I pay think, the players. I think A and M probably just because uh, of the trip and, and having to go out there. Um, they are a mess right now, like Silk said, but um, I think that's I – just, I just don't think FSU is good. I think South Carolina has been uh, more of a roller coaster than Florida, um, right. and, and I don't think they're very good. Um, and, and then, Lord, don't lose to Vandy. Don't give me a – like, what, what was that, nine to six one year up there? Yeah, no, I don't think it'll be that bad. Um, I, 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 Vanderbilt's really bad. And the FSU game is is going to be big. You you lost to Tennessee, mm-hmm. you lost to Georgia. Uh, damn near Kentucky's going to be a damn rival soon if they keep winning in this series. Um, you're losing. You've lost all your rivals. You you don't want to go an entire first year or an entire year, any year, uh, losing all your rivals. For sure. Yeah, no, I think the toughest game left is the the next game. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I think. I think it really, I think it really depends. Uh, it's either this game. I, I do think that Texas A&M, despite the fact that they've not won a lot of games recently, um, is still a talented team. I think if they can put the uh, the game together offensively, I think that you know they they stand a good chance to to finish the season on a bit of a winning streak. I think that South Carolina has been very hit or miss this season, so I don't exactly know what to expect out of them. I'm, I'm not very high on Florida State, um, so I would I would go with those those two. Yeah, Jimbo can't even get a consistent quarterback. <laughs> that's why I just think that that's the – I mean, we all have different opinions, whatever. What we got next? Uh, we're just waiting on Travis to, to join in. Uh, he said he's logging in right now. Just had a uh, a couple things um, uh, come up. So I don't think that there's any other questions. B Bean says Jimbo will be there for at least three more years. I don't. I don't know if I don't believe that. B Bean. Yeah, I think that they would have to win a number of games this season to have a a great year next year for him to continue to do that. But I think the frustration is there. I think it's mounting beyond just the wins and losses as well. Correct. Um, in college stations, they got culture issues. You had guys speeding through parking garages, uh, smoking mm-hmm. weed in locker rooms. There's a lot of shenanigans going on out there, bro. So I think it's way bigger than just uh, wins and losses in in college stations. Yeah, Brandon Connell, I appreciate you always listening. Brandon, uh, tweak the play calling to get the six wins. We need the extra practices to get young guys more reps for next year. Yeah, you always Facts. want those. What It's 15 additional practices, right, Nick? Yep. Yep, so you want those 15 additional practices, no matter how many of those guys are going to come or go. Uh, this season, um, you need those extra 15 practices. If anything, I get you guys continuing to gel together uh, and everything else. Well, you've, uh, you've got you've got Billy doing like an expansion draft. Yeah, I do. I, I, yeah. I truly do. I do think um, that this recruiting class is going to be probably close to 30. 
Um, yeah. I do think that there's going to be a lot of transfer uh, portal action. I do think that there's going to be a lot of transfer portal action across the country as well. I think a lot of coaches, especially as they get rid of that 25 person uh, maximum, um, you're going to start seeing a lot more. And, you know, I think that there's going to be some big changes across the country. And I think that Florida has to, right. Facts. I just don't – I don't, yeah, I mean, I, I don't see any other way of this team. My really. number's the same. I, I'm, I'm at the same number you at, man. I think, like, like 2025 and, and transfer out, same come in. And I got, like, a, a, a big-ass class, man. Uh, that's, they're going to have to flip this roster. And I think it ain't just them pushing people. I think some mm-hmm. of these kids ready to go. There's a lot of names we haven't seen touch the field. Secondary mm-hmm. struggling, right? It, it's some names, uh, Wilcoxon, Donovan McMillan. You just think mm-hmm. of these names that we've been – uh, asking about, and then you just don't see them, uh, even mm-hmm. with the struggles. Those kids are probably going to be hitting the portal. Um, and I ain't got no information. It's just mm-hmm. kids that you're not seeing playing. Naquan, uh, you go in the linebacker room, saying like we mentioned the one black, black. and then mm-hmm. uh, uh, I don't know, Wingo, he just he seems to really like Gainesville. So, um, but I, I expect some, some some exits, man, like just because just kids not playing, um, uh, and then defense is struggling. So there's a lot of incentive to leave. Find, fresh places to play football, but that's what I expect. Yeah. Um, don't know what the, the holdup here is with Travis. I'm still waiting on him to, to get um, to get in. Uh, we'll obviously continue our Texas a discussion with him. Um, Nick, let's talk a little bit about uh, Brenton Cox. Uh, today was announced that Brenton Cox was dismissed from the program. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously probably the, the, the Gators' best uh, – um, one of the one of their best pass rushers, we'll, we'll call it, um, definitely a, a guy that 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 wasn't probably that never lived up to his five star billing, uh, but uh, but a guy that is no longer with the program. So give us your your thoughts on what Billy Napier said. Um, yeah, I think Breton uh, can, as we've said probably on this podcast before, Breton can be a little bit uh, me centric. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he had ruffled some feathers. I like that. He, he had he had ruffled some feathers, gotten into some arguments, gotten into some fights with with people uh, all year. Ever since Blake Napier has been here, um, and I think everything kind of just came to a head on Saturday. He had some words with Kirby Smart as they were leaving the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, some stuff happened in the locker room, and and Napier made the decision Sunday. Uh, do we do we know if there was a it looked to me like a bit of a punch after the touchdown? I know he got kind of gets carried oh. into the end zone. Oh um, yeah. Yeah, no, he was he was he was throwing hands. Yeah, yeah. So I, I thought that I saw it. I, I didn't really see much commentary um about it uh, after the game or even during the game. Uh, and it kind of just brushed it off until just now. But it looked like he definitely threw a punch, not at the running back, but at one of the offensive linemen there in the end zone mm-hmm. late in the late in the game. Yeah, he he was not happy. Um, he really wanted to beat Georgia. Um, I, I don't know how amicable him leaving Georgia in the first place was. Um, uh, we we know it was toxic. They've been talking trash back and forth like that. He'd been trash talking Georgia the entire time. Mm-hmm. So he uh, he wanted to go to the NFL after this year. Um, now 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 he's got a chance or somewhere else. Yeah. It just, I mean, he's definitely going to probably declare pro, but I don't, I don't know. Like, he's got to think this hurts his draft stock a little bit, uh, being dismissed from your team. Yeah. That just adds to off the field baggage. Uh, yep. uh, he, he originally said 
his goals to to break Alex Brown's record didn't come anywhere close to that. Uh, like you said, a lot of his plays just seemed, you know, uh, he made plays that, that that helped us, but it just seemed a lot of me first, uh, none of the scheme in mind. Uh, but you got to weed guys out. I don't know exactly mm-hmm. what happened in the locker room, but you, you got to weed out. You got to set the tone. You got to let people know what the standard is, uh, what's going to be tolerated behavior-wise, teammate-wise. It's a, it's a, it's going to be a culture flip. It's still a lot more to go, man. Like, I don't think people realize, like, how much work got to be done. Some of these people, some of these fans are unhinged and nuts, bro. Like, they're expecting the world so mm-hmm. quick. They don't realize how bad of a football team we are already. It, this many games in, you could just see what it is, you know? Like, um, you can't lie about the talent level. So, like, my expectations has just been dropping just every week, seeing these guys' mentality. It ain't even just the talent level. Like, you watch a lot of these guys' mindset. Like, it's just not all the way there, you know? Like, mm-hmm. um, so it's it's and, and you can't just fix that in a few months. Uh, spring football, a couple workouts, and, and mm-hmm. one offseason is not going to fix all those problems, man. Yeah. You can't complain for a few years about how bad recruiting's going and how many five stars are missing out on and elite talent and then, you know, come back the next year, um, you know, and, and wonder why those guys aren't aren't performing and beating those four and five star guys that you lost out to. Right. Um, it, it, you know, I'm not saying that, that everything that Billy Napier has done is perfect. It's not right. And I'm not saying that, you know, that there's still. No. Pardon me, not areas of opportunity for Billy Napier and the staff to improve on, but to to go and expect that Florida can come out and you know just immediately you know turn over without a lot of transfer portal change and I mean look what how much better Florida is because of some of those guys that came in the yeah. transfer portal right. Um, well, we have Travis L. Brown um, joining us. We appreciate you uh, you joining us, uh, Travis today. Uh, Travis joins us from uh, the Bryan College Station paper, The Eagle. Brian, how are you doing today? Doing well, guys. How are you? Good, good. You sound sound professional. You sound like you've done this before. Uh, Brian, appreciate or Travis, pardon me. Appreciate your time uh, joining us today. Um, Want to get your your thoughts? Um, you know, Texas A&M obviously on a four game losing streak right now. But if you add up their last three losses, um, only combined for for you know. 13 total points. Um, obviously, Texas A&M maybe seems to have found a, their quarterback for the rest of the season in, in Connor Wegman, but but give us kind of your perspective on, on Texas A&M going into this Florida game. Yeah, it certainly wasn't necessarily the season that, that everyone expected for sure. I think uh, with, with some of the returning talent with the resigning class they brought in, I think the expectations among the fan base were that, that they were, were going to be able to have a little bit of a season this year. And, and I, I think the, the quarterback play has been an issue. The the offensive line hasn't necessarily been what it was, and the run defense has been pretty atrocious so far this season for the Aggies. Uh, and that's just kind of uh, cul- cul- culminated in a in not a, a nearly the season that anybody would have expected. In fact, it's it's one of the more historic ones. You have to go back several uh, decades, I believe, to get to where A and M has lost this many games in conference play. So, uh, yeah, I, I I don't think fans or or sports writers alike, I don't think anybody would necessarily have seen this coming uh, this year. But it's uh, it's uh, it, it's been a little bit of a ride. What? Talk to us a little bit about Connor Wegman. Um, I know he plays against Ole Miss. Um, what what kind of tools does he bring to the table? What kind of quarterback is he? Um, you know, certainly, I think a lot of fans were expecting uh, to get more. Um, you know, obviously out of uh, you know Haynes King or Max Max Johnson this year. But but talk to us a little bit about Connor. 
yeah, uh, I mean, he's a five-star guy. He's a guy that Jimbo Fisher has kind of raved about for a while. I mean, you go back, there was a couple of good uh, you, you look at the the, the Kubinek kid that's out in and Clemson and Quinn Ewers, who was in the transfer portal, all in the same recruiting year that that Wegman came in uh, this this uh, this summer. And and when asked about the quarterback position, knowing that those guys were out there, you know, Jimbo Fisher stuck with his guns and said, "This is my guy." And so uh, he's been really really high on Wegman uh, throughout the recruiting process and even into this season. Uh, but as everyone knows, and everyone has written about Jimbo Fisher's offense is, is dense and complicated. And, uh, especially it's, it's heavy on the quarterback making reads and making the right decisions out there. And, uh, it, it's, uh, it was interesting to see if he was ever going to get thrown out there because he might need an extra year, just learning the system. I think what has, what he proved in the last game and, and two drives is that, uh, he, he has a lot of football IQ because he's been able to uh, run the system with probably more ease than the two guys in front of him uh, did in, in that time period. He has a great arm, uh, really accurate throwing. And, and the thing that his the players, his teammates and the coaches alike say, he has a very calm demeanor. He's pretty chill and, and relational. And so he, the guys like playing around him and he kind of keeps the, the offense even keeled out there when he's uh, managing the huddle. I uh, want to know a little bit more about the defensive side of the ball. Um, you know, obviously you guys haven't, or, you know, Texas A&M, pardon me, hasn't allowed a ton of points this season, but are, are they, where has their success been on, on, on defense and maybe containing dual threat uh, quarterbacks? Yeah, it, it hasn't necessarily been there. Uh, and even Jackson Dart, who uh, for Ole Miss, who, you know, would be on the, the cusp of dual threat, I think was able to pick up a decent amount of yards against a and their, their run defense just no matter who is carrying the ball has just been bad this year. You ask them about it. They say there it's, it's not everyone getting to the, the right run fits, which I mean, okay, is probably true, but that it's an issue that just keeps recurring and recurring uh, each week. And so it's hard to see how, especially even after a bye week how they weren't necessarily able to kind of coach that up a little bit, but yeah, they, they've had some trouble uh, containing it. And, and honestly, if you go back to the Arkansas game with KJ Jefferson, the Razorbacks got away from running him, uh, especially tried to run, running, running him up the middle in the second half. And I think if they would have kept with that game plan, they probably actually would have beaten uh, the Aggies in that game because they didn't really have an answer for Jefferson up the middle uh, in those games. So that's going to be a, a pretty big matchup this week uh, between the two programs because it's just been not been a, a strong suit of that defense so far. Uh Travis, what's what's the vibe around the locker room right now? I know there's been a lot of big news with Jimbo and and uh, players hitting the transfer portal. It's just been a busy season with all that. What's the vibes in in, in the field around campus? Yeah, around campus, it's it's a, a little skeptical of what's going to happen uh, moving forward. The, the locker room, you 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 can hear about and 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 see it, see some of the the things being put out on social media. Of course, uh, reports of of suspensions coming into last week's game that. Uh, Fisher isn't talking about. You have some guys who uh, weren't suited out, namely LJ Johnson and Amari Daniels, the two running backs um, who Fisher said today weren't injured and it wasn't a part of the same suspension that the other guys handled, but but they're still with the program. There There is some issues that they're having to deal with within the locker room. But on the other hand, I think the guys who are on the field at this point uh, are, are, are pretty bought in. 
and, okay. and just the leadership is pretty bought in. So there, there might be a little bit of a divide between some of the young guys who didn't necessarily, the freshmen who thought they were going to roll in here and everything was going to be great. And they've had to hit some adversity and maybe some of the older guys who um, ha have done it before, uh, not necessarily clashing against each other, the coaching staff, but just, trying to get some of those younger guys to, to buy in. And, and honestly, the ones that doesn't, don't seem to be bought in aren't necessarily playing right now for one reason or the other. So uh, they, they might have just kind of cut, uh, cut the cancer out, per se. Will they be suspended this week as well? Uh, he, he didn't. Uh, the, the reports out there is that they're suspended indefinitely, uh, but Jimbo isn't elaborating on those right now. So uh, no official confirmation, but the reports are that they're indefinitely suspended. He talks so fast. It, it must be weird just hearing him be like, nope, not talking about it. Yeah, it's the, uh, the it, he, my transcription software hates him. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I can imagine. Um, Travis, how do you see the end of the season going for, for Texas A&M? Right now sitting at three and five. I mean, do you think that they are able to rattle off three out of four to, to get bowl eligible? Or I think they, they have to. Um mm -hmm. Uh, just because of how young this team is, uh, the mistakes that they're kind of making, they, they need that bowl practice. I mean, I know countless coaches have talked about the most important practice time really in the season is the bowl practice. Because you've got the season, everyone is a little bit older, and you get basically you know a whole nother spring practice or, or fall camp uh, right there at the end of the season to, to learn and develop and, and kind of get reps for those, those, those next level guys, or even the young guys, I think they've got you now you raise a good point where those wins going to come from. And they have to come from, I think Florida, uh, UMass and, uh, Auburn, uh, especially UMass and Auburn in there. Those, those are have to wins mm -hmm. uh, because, uh, I, Florida and LSU are going to be a little bit of a toss up and probably not the thing that your watchers want to see, but I think LSU is, is trending a little further upwards than Florida right now. So I, I, I don't, I certainly wouldn't pick A&M in that game uh, right now. And so that, that makes this Florida game an absolute must win for the Aggies. Mm. It, do you think that there's a chance, you know, obviously we're, we're not prognosticators here, but we're going to try. Do you think that, you know, if, if Texas A&M does not, not only make a bowl, but maybe these, you know, lose, you know, two or three of the next, uh, you know, four, is there a chance that Texas A&M could move on from Jimbo Fisher? Are they in a position of frustration? I know that they probably doesn't live up to the amount of money that they're paying him, but, but is there a, a frustration in, in college station that would maybe encourage him to, to move on? Yeah, I'll, I'll put it anecdotally like this. You know, when everyone was talking about, of course, Jimbo's contract is guaranteed fully. So that means if they wanted to move away from him this year, they would owe him $85 million, uh, which uh, I was trying to think of different analogies for this. And and so I'm, I'm a big English soccer guy, and I've been watching the uh, uh, the uh, Wrexham documentary with Ryan Reynolds and Ron McElhaney, the two American TV stars, movie stars that bought uh, a lower level uh, football, you know, soccer team over there in, in Wales. And I was like, okay, well, you know, there's a big deal about them making this investment. How much did they pay to buy a soccer team with stadium, everything? It was $2.5 million. So buying a low, low, low level soccer team for 2.5 million or 85, million, it's just, it's not going to happen. I, I actually want to go back in and see like, what's the highest level of a soccer team. I need to look this up that you can buy in England for the price of Jimbo's buyout. And it's, it's just not going to happen. I think the steps that you'll see uh, before that, I, I think they'll, there's probably going to be the powers that be that'll force them to hire uh, an offensive play caller to bring in a little bit of a, 
some new ideas, a little bit of spark to that offense because I think uh, play calling has been a, an issue. There might be some staff changes uh, over the summer, but but it's going to be two or three years. AM is, is is handcuffed by their own contract, and it's going to be two or three years before they could even think about probably making that move because also, okay, so let's say some ridiculous booster comes up with 85 million, 85 million to get rid of the guy. Well, then you're going to have to come up with money because a and not just going to go get They can finance it though. Like uh, Travis, they don't need the whole thing right then, man. You probably need half. You probably need a good, good, good portion of it. The, I, the, the contract is structured. That sounds more doable though than the 85 though. You talk, you start talking 45. You're like, oh, That's oh. crazy. 45 million is still pretty ridiculous. It I is. Pri- price of gas has been high. Yeah. <laughs> they've been getting it but, but record profits you you look at um you 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 look at uh uh some of those other changes that can be made and and i think that's what you'll you'll see for well what is jimbo's incentive to make those changes if if ross comes up to him and says hey you need to hire an oc he says no well, if, you if, if you don't if you don't like it you know where my address is and you start <laughs> sending those checks yeah. Well, I mean, you then you get into the case of there is clauses in the contract for insubordination that you could try to pin a, a firing with cause and firing with cause they owe zero. So I think that's the leverage that A&M holds is that there are clauses in there that say, you know, well, I mean, the, of course, if that happened, there would probably be court cases and legal uh, proceedings after that from both sides. But I think that that is what you dangle over if you're trying to make that case is that. Uh, okay, well, now we have, an, we have a case to fire with cause, which means dollars. Mm. That's, that's a dangerous game. So, um, Travis, just to give you an example, Florida just built a new football-only facility, and that you, uh, a YouTube commenter mentioned that it would cost more money uh, to fire Jimbo than it would to build a, a completely brand-new uh, football-only facility there in Gainesville. So, uh, puts it into perspective. Uh, Travis, want to get your your final thoughts before we end uh, here. Um, you saw, you know, a little bit of a different team uh, against Ole Miss. You know, ultimately do come out on the losing end of that, but for a, a large portion of that game, were uh, winning that game. Do you think that Texas A&M uh, will beat Florida this weekend? I, I I I like their chances better against Florida than I did against Ole Miss. I just think the matchup against Ole Miss was was doomed from the start with how. Um, how potent that uh, Rebel running attack has been this year, mm-hmm. and how bad uh, AM has been at run defense. But that being said, having a mobile quarterback has not necessarily been something that AM has has necessarily been uh, good at this year either. It's a little bit more of a toss up in my mind than than Ole Miss. Uh, I, I will probably say I, I'm going to go with AM in this game, but man, it's going to be close. It's going to be probably down to the wire as most all AM's games have been this year. Uh, and, and I would probably take AM by a field goal, but I wouldn't be surprised at all. If, uh, if Florida, uh, wins this one too, it's, it's, it's man, it's right there down the middle for me. Any food and bar recommendations down there in college station for myself who will be there and, uh, any, anyone listening that's also making the trip. Yeah, there's okay. If there's one good thing, I'm not a College Station native, nor was I an Aggie, but I, I have moving down here. The food game is good. The food game is real good, and it's uh, uh, probably if you want a good cheeseburger, good burger place, Harvey Washbangers. Uh, it's it's kind of a cool vibe for the college town. It's like a bar burger joint, and actually has like a a laundromat attached to it. But it's like mm. really cool modern. So 
you know, college kids will come in and do their clothes and get some food. Best burger in town, though. Uh, if you want to look on, there's 1860 Italia, which is in South mm. Town. It's owned by actually former AM coach RC Slocum's son. Good mm. Italian food spot. Get the like the bread. Uh, and then uh, another uh, one that kind of a cool joint is they turned the old private airplane hangar uh, into a place called uh, uh, Gate 12. Um, so when you saw those goofy videos of Jimbo Fisher when he first got announced and like looking like a dictator walking down with the band in the background, that was actually at this hangar. They've turned it into a restaurant uh, by one of the local uh, guys. It's really cool. You can actually sit and watch the airplanes land and take off like mm. the food and they actually have the propeller from the Enola Gay hanging in the the lobby of it which was the the plane that dropped the one of the atomic bombs in, mm -hmm. in Japan so uh that's a cool Tra too. Travis it's been about 11 years since I was in college station is Dixie Chicken still there the Dixie that is the that is the Aggie that is the spot still okay like the the the, the, the premier Aggie bar so if you want the full Aggie experience you go to the chicken yeah Perfect. Well, Travis, we appreciate you for joining the show today. Uh, let everybody know where they can find you on social media and where they can read your articles. Sure. Uh, the Eagle.com and Travis underscore L underscore Brown on Twitter. Awesome. Well, Travis, we appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your day and uh, enjoy covering the game. You got it, guys. Travis Brown from the Eagle. We appreciate his perspective uh, on the game. Um, Let's get into recruiting a bit. Any final thoughts on this game, boys? No, I don't even have a score or nothing, man. I just say we win. <laughs> I, can't, I can't. I don't know what this big guy to get. I think we're not favored to win this game, correct? What's the spread? Uh, Ooh, well, Gators are plus four, so Texas A&M is four. Oh, it's gone up. Yeah, well, that's what it, that's what I originally saw it on on DraftKings when it came out. So I don't know if it's it's gone oh, up okay. or changed. I uh, saw it at three and then. a half. So okay, be, so then it's uh, gone down a little bit in the Gators' favor. Um, so, but uh, you, you you tend to give a home team three points just because uh, home field advantage. So correct. Vegas is essentially saying it's a pick them game. Yeah, basically a, a pick them game. Uh, but before we move on to recruiting, I know that that's a big thing that people want to talk about. Uh, let's go over buy or sell from episode 201, Puncher's Chance featuring Mike Griffith. I will say this. I think we were all shocked. I think all of the folks that watched on YouTube or listened to our podcast were shocked about uh, about Mike Griffith's stance. So it uh, took us all by surprise. Um but uh, do the Gators or did the Gators rush for 136 yards in this game? We all bought that. Uh, they did not. Uh, so the I'm Gators sure. did not. Um, the Gators average 25 plus um, yards on a, on a kickoff return. Or I think that the final answer, the, the final agreement that we had was do the Gators start on average north of the 25 yard line? And I believe that they did. Uh, I believe that they they had one return that that took them to about the 27 28 yard line. Uh, so so we're gonna go with Dan bought that and Dan winning. Uh, Nick and Silk are both selling uh, that. Uh, Gators get an interception. They they do. They end up with two interceptions uh, in the game. Pardon me, three interceptions in the game. Um, two. two, two, yeah, well, it was two, two, and then a fumble recovery. Uh, so. Um, they gave, so we all buy uh, that one. Let me just. Yeah, I said there'd be two. Wow, looks like you're crazy. You did it. Uh, you know, um, Nick's working on his uh, positive PR, man. Hey, um, we, we, uh, the media, the media needs it right now. 
yeah um so uh, gators get two sacks uh <laughs> silk and i bought that nick sold uh the gators do not they actually don't get any uh sacks uh in that game uh third down conversions we said that uh would georgia get eight conversions in the game uh or not uh, we oh. used a specific number not a percentage um i bought they only ended up with six. Uh, they were uh, six of 12 on uh, on third down. I bought Nick and Silk both sold, so I win that one. The Gators cover, and they for sure do. The line at the time was 22.5. It went up to 24. The Gators lose, um, but do cover the spread. So I believe that I get I go four and two. Uh, the rest of you guys lost. I'm not going to do the, the math here. Um, and, yes, uh, Chase Wester, uh, you and a couple other people. Uh, we did get got by the BYU guy, but he paid us money. So We didn't um, get got? Yeah, yeah. Mean? yeah. I think if you pronounce it differently than the way that I did, we get got. But since I pronounced it with the uh, emphasis on a different syllable, we were all right in uh, – in that one. All right. Question. We're like, we don't know who the BYU players. Yeah. Yeah. That was, but, but we appreciate your, your hard earned cash for us. You just said go. Auburn, you'd have got me. I'd be yeah. like, what? what? <laughs> um, well, all right. So let's get into the final part of the show here. I uh, want to give a, uh, a quick thank you to our friends over at true classic tees. Visit them. Trueclassictees.com promo code SG 25. You can go to true classic tees. That's T E E S.com forward slash SG 25. And I'll take you right there with the discount code. Uh, great shirts for polos, uh, working out, uh, just normal uh, t-shirts that you can wear. They have some V necks. They have some uh, stretch collared necks and everything else. Uh, so go give them a, a checkout at trueclassictees.com forward slash sg25 as i said the other day i can't get trolled and i can't get got so um if you're going to use a fake name uh use a better one um yes john i appreciate that uh challenge uh the internet world of trolling yeah. you on our show because it's unavoidable <laughs> happen bro don't challenge these people man uh but please anybody do, can get got man yeah, yeah please do give us a like all right on uh last week uh, we were very excited. We thought that number Ooh. two player, number one defensive back, Cormani McLean, uh, would come Tell to the University it. of Florida. Uh, Silk, you were there in person to see the shenanigans happen. Uh, Cormani McLean, obviously, uh, you've heard by now, has decided to commit to the University of Miami. Uh, everybody was shocked. Everybody was surprised. Um, coaching staff, uh, people associated with the program, everybody was very surprised. So the Gators do lose out on Cormani McLean. <laughs> Two four seven. You should see Blake Adam in face, bro. Shout out to my guy Blake, man. Blake, Blake, Blake was dumbfounded, bro. I was like, yeah, me too, bro. Um, it was. I don't. I don't know, bro. It's like recruiting's turning to to like you can't the writers, the predictions, the, the relationships, all of that stuff matters, dog. But um, so much business to go, can go down, and NIL just isn't the mm-hmm. same. Everybody's saying, oh, the bags being no. This is different type of money. You know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, there's been bags drops in the past, but it's some different type of business going on. And numbers that are being blurted out is like life changing uh, uh, money. Mm-hmm. So, like, whatever recruiting used to be, it's just not that no more. As we've seen, we've seen some letdown. So people are getting their emotions attached to, to, to these kids' decisions. Uh, I would stop that type of strategy or, or, or fanship with following recruiting because this is business now, man. And, and these kids don't care about a logo, a state line, or anything else when it pertains to money. Money's, money changes things. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, people. I saw like people like trolling him because Miami's attendance, and he's like, "Bro, I don't care." <laughs> like, right? <laughs> I don't care. I, I can't I'll see those empty. <laughs> yeah, that's that's cool. I could put a, I could put a hundred dollar bill in each empty seat and still be good. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of uh, huge numbers being thrown at him. We're not going to talk about them on those shows unless or on this show. Pardon me, unless we have those numbers that are a hundred percent that sure. we know of. There, there's, there's. I, I will caution this as well. Um, there's a lot of numbers on the internet that get thrown around, and those are not only wrong, but they are hysterically wrong, uh, and they are magnitudes off and how wrong that they are. Um, so please take what you read on the internet in terms of dollars and everything else with a grain of salt. I will say this, that they're, uh, you know, Florida was was very surprised. Uh, they were not uh, aware that Cormani McLean would not come to, to Florida. I will also say that there are other circumstances around um, you know, the, the, the program itself, you know, um, I, I, you know, it, it sucks for I I don't want to get too much into it. So I ignore what I said there, but there, there are, um, you know, it does suck to lose. Let's just move on. It does suck to lose, um, this, this battle, right. Um, you know, right. Monty McLean is a fantastic player is a fantastic mm-hmm. recruit. I, I want to be, uh, I want to leave that out in the clear and Florida does need to win these kind of battles, Absolutely. whether it's Cormani or not, Florida needs to get the players that you are, are, are getting beat by, um, yeah. by Georgia, by other programs, you know, Alabama, right. They're getting these, top 50 guys, you know, Florida has a good recruiting class. Don't get me wrong. Florida has a great defensive back class, but they do not have an elite defensive back class. Right. And the reason why Georgia and Alabama and Clemson and Ohio state and a lot of these schools are able to do so well for so long is because you just never know who might get injured or you never know who's going to blossom a little bit later. And to be able to replace a five-star with another five-star, you know, I think that, you know, during the game, you saw a graphic that compared Flores recruiting classes with Georgia's recruiting class, right? It was very prevalent, very obvious uh, what the difference was. Georgia has 25 five-stars on their team. Florida has two of them and you just lost one, right? So the thing about it, iron sharpening for iron too. Like, you know what, you know what those practices look like. We have guys come on here and tell us what the urban days, those practices, and how like competitive it was and how it pushed. Like when you got that type of talent piled and piled, if I got a five-star and a three-star pushing him, you're not he's not gonna get to his full potential. So you need killers to push killers to keep the the the, the, the spirit of competition, you know what I'm saying, alive and, and, and on the up and up. And we we just not there yet, man. So you gotta be able to land Cromani McClain. Um we don't I don't I couldn't I wish I could give the audience like like where we missed because relationship was fine. I don't think like they had a better relationship with there. I think uh Corey Raymond did a great job uh, in that recruitment. Um I think most of the writers, the interviews, you look, man, like everything was pointing towards the University of Florida. He's on record that's saying that he changed his mind three days prior to the to the uh the, the decision. So Man, it just is what it is. It stinks, but we got to figure out because it's the second time, third time. How many times this has happened in the recruiting? This is like it's a bad look to the staff. You know, I don't think it's a great look perception wise. Um, the fans don't like it. They feel embarrassed a little bit. I get it. Uh, we're all excited. I drove out there. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like mm-hmm. you're expecting to land this kid. Um, it's a lot more moving parts to all of this, you know, and I think everybody's at the end of the day, it's a 17 year old kid's decision, man. Like I've, I've, I've seen this happen before. And this kid, like we, we've done this before for kids that didn't even pan out. So, uh, while we think he's the greatest prospect, the number two kid, mm-hmm. 
just relax, man. Um, it, it'll be all right. But we got to land these. We got some more opportunities down the stretch. But if we're not getting five stars, we're not closing the gap to Georgia. Don't let nobody mm-hmm. tell you nothing different. I mean, enjoy this recruiting class. We got a nice defensive back uh, group. The whole defensive side of the ball. We got some explosive receivers, some twitched up guys that could take the, the top off defenses. I do like the talent that we're bringing in, but to close that gap to Georgia, you got to load up on five stars, man. There's no, there's no secret sauce. That's just what it, it is, right there. Even if you get, let's say, a Ricks, who's a five star, you get a couple of mm-hmm. five stars this class, you're still behind. Like this isn't a one year fix. This isn't a one year flip. And people right. say, well, look at Tennessee. That it's only his second year. It's like, okay, cool. Like that's no, Hendon Hooker. Like we've had, we've had a year like that, you know. Like we've seen that. Like we gotta see if it's sustained success. Yeah. Uh, one one hot year don't mean nothing. Like Gene Chesick won a national championship, was fired the next year. Like that doesn't mean nothing. You gotta see if it's sustained success. Tennessee's hot this year. Um, the offense is moving. They got a, a quarterback that's like my age. It's working <laughs> out for them, bro. Um, yeah, he's Hen- 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 Hooker's son is, is Hen- Hooker's son is gonna, <laughs> the senior bowl. He's probably playing. He's probably playing against uh, Harlem. Senior citizen bowl, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do want to appreciate uh, the person that gave us five dollars. Uh, we won't. Uh, we won't mention what they what they said. I uh, try to. Try, we again. I can't get got. So appreciate your your hard earned cash. We appreciate that. Um, we'll get you out of here. <laughs> uh, we definitely need. Uh, you know, I, I think that you guys all make you know really good points. You know, Florida. Um, I, I, let me take a step back. There's a lot of sky is falling mentality right now, eight months in, whether it's an offensive play calling, whether it's in development, whether it's players getting kicked off the team, whether it's in recruiting. I think you need to Those add people perspective. Are nuts. Right. <laughs> I'll be honest, man. I'm not even yeah. going to sugarcoat it for you. If you're the sky is falling to you, you are you're nuts, yeah. man. Love yourself. You, you have spent <laughs> like what are you doing? Ten years, right? And I get it, right? I'm I'm frustrated too. I, I understand as a fan, but you've spent the last 10 years blaming a lot of different things, whether it was recruiting or whether it was development or whether it was, you know, certain positions or coaches or not or facilities or whatever. You can't complain for 10 years over a variety of different reasons and then come back and give the next guy a couple of months, right? <laughs> You have to give yourself perspective, oh right? God. There's the same reason, right? If you look That's at Florida, so not as a football program, but as like a Fortune 500 company, right? You can't have a CEO come in after years and years of you not hitting numbers and metrics and everything else and then expect that magically they're going to snap their finger and it's going to be all fixed in, in a month or a year, right? It takes time. Get on your soapbox, Dan. Get right? on your soapbox. Yeah. No, I think, no, no. I think you're it's talking real time. life. Like, like, right. like this like is, a, this is real up, life. Real world. Right? It's a real world. It's a real business, man. Like right. real stuff is going on. Like, oh, fire them. It's, you're a few months in. You guys are bad shit crazy. Relax, yeah. bro. Right. All of the get things that you wanted are starting to come to fruition, right? You get your own football only facility that that's now open, right? You're saying, Hey, we want a staff. We want you know, a support staff like Alabama and Georgia have. You get that, right? Hey, we want to recruit better. Okay. You're recruiting a little bit better. You know, what's crazy about some of those numbers that they post about like Dan Mullen's recruiting class and stuff. It's like number nine, number 11, number seven. You know how many classes that Florida didn't get like four of those players in and they would right. otherwise be like, 23 or 24 right if you look at the best players that florida has right now on offense there are transfers that billy napier brought in right if you look at one of the best defensive backs he has a a club on his hand right now is a transfer as well 
right? We just know, like, with, with, Dan Mullen, with Dan Mullen, Dan biggest, my biggest thing was like we did, we we were, we were fold in big battles, you know. Like if it was if it was a head to head versus Bama, he wasn't with with smoke. He would we would kind of fold to those battles. Um, so we we would take the easier uh, matches in recruiting, the more layups, even if there was a five, a four star uh, on paper, and even and it looks good on paper, but. You're just getting the, the easy matchups. You're beating West Virginia or somebody like that uh, for recruits and not Bama and Georgia. Uh, so it's different. It's not even the same caliber of kids. Like, we're definitely recruiting at a higher level, blue chip ratio and all with, uh, with the new staff. But it ain't about improving better than Mullen's recruiting. It's about closing the gap to Georgia. Mm-hmm. Like, our, our recruiting Mullen ain't that damn hard. Like, every like I think any right. of us can do that, bro, with no real experience. Mm-hmm. But this is this is who you're stuck with for right now. So let's let's not pretend or let's let's stop pretending like the sky is falling. Yeah. Y'all right. see these play how y'all complain about the players and the coach at the same time. Y'all want everybody to go. <laughs> get rid of everybody. Just start, All start over, give you a clean eighty five silk. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Unrealistic, man. You gotta be like people unhinged that think like that. Like give this guy time. Uh I didn't expect, and we, we all kind of said this preseason that we didn't expect X and O wise for this to be smooth. We we was on some wait and see what his offense looked like. Do we think he need an OC? That's rational thinking. Like we gotta see what it looks like. Maybe AR could carry a terrible offense or, or whatever he's calling if he's talented enough. And we still would have to find out after AR. It's still just a lot of wait and see. And they didn't hire Billy Napier from a, a, a G five uh, for immediate success. This is a long play. Like, like dance. This is the real world. This is a long play. They're not trying to win a national championship this year when they hire Billy. You know, and when they hired Dan Mullen, they had yo. We want to. We want wins right now. You got a coach that's experienced in the SEC. Uh, already know how to. He's got the play calling expertise. He come in with a, with a, a veteran roster, some talent, get some wins. That's and, not what they You know how much he was helped out by approach. Kyle Trask too, right? Like if, if Felipe Franks doesn't get injured and Kyle Trask doesn't come in and start to light the world on fire, you would have never had success under Dan Mullen either, right? Dan Mullen's entire tenure at Florida was saved we by just the fact never, that they – We just never won with Dan Mullen's guys. We won with right. McElwain guys, right, uh, that entire time. When his guys started touching that roster, they started getting a little funky. And uh, and he got out of there. But Kadarius mm-hmm. Tony, Kyle Pitts, everybody that was really eating, that he was eating with, was, was all McElwain's guys. Mm-hmm. And, and- – Every time you fire a coach and hire a new one, you're just resetting. You're just sending yourself back to the three years when you were in that same spot. You know, you, you gave Zook, what, four years? Or Meyer does great, five. Will Muschamp, four, five years? Five years? And then you're just Will churning, yeah, you're just half, churning yeah. through coaches, and you're just going back to the starting line. Every time you fire, and re- you just have to have some patience. I agree with what, everything you guys were yeah. saying. Um, I, I didn't. I didn't think I thought I thought eight and four would be a fantastic season. Mm-hmm. And I was called a troll. No, no, you were called negative. Um, <laughs> that's fine. I think I think eight games. I, I, I didn't call you crazy for saying eight games. You know, um, like nobody on the show thought you were nuts. We just we just got you know call you negative. I'm gonna keep it positive. Everybody got their own way of, of doing this shit. But anybody that that's like super shocked the way the season's unfolding, like. Y'all watched the same team last year. Like, mm-hmm. you got to be somewhat rational. So when things start unraveling a little bit, and this is like midseason, that's, this is the turning point in the season where you see mm-hmm. uh, who's, who's buying in and who's not. And that's, that's the season we're in. Uh, we started seeing what's true because uh, you ask these coaches 
and the pressures and all that about buy-in. And now it starts to show its head at this point in the season. And then, you know, people hit the, hit the exit and people get benched and, and things are starting to shake itself out in the portal. Yep. Winning, winning fixes a lot of things, fixes a lot of hurt feelings that you're not getting the snaps you think. And Florida's not winning. So you're seeing that. Think, think, I got one. Think about this. Mel Tucker last year. Mm-hmm. Think about immediate success. He comes in. He's hot. Immediately get that big extension. Woo! Like, his his guarantee like Jimbo's. Yeah, big bag. Really? He's so, ten million a year, right? Right. And Michigan State jumped the gun. They seen the immediate success. Oh, we got us. Let's secure this guy. Now look at this year. They rubbing his head when he's leaving the stadium. He's trying to fight people, bro. Players are fighting people. Exactly. Even in the hallways. So like like quick success don't mean that that's gonna be long success. So you gotta let these guys. Even Mel, they don't mean Mel. Mel just hit in the portal his first year real big good, mm-hmm. big time. And there's no sustain. You can't sustain that. The next hit in the portal is hit or miss. You don't know what you're gonna get. So like you just gotta give these guys time. Like it's not. Yeah. Not who do it first is who do it right. You know what I'm saying? So just get get these guys time and to who put can their sustain program it, right? Right. You well, know? well, the NIL seep is is not even seeping in. It's all in that portal too now. Yeah, it's it's full fledged free agency, bro. Like business is going down. Like college football is the wild wild west. Business a little booming. bit, and it's gonna business. hit different. I think uh, the, now that they squeeze the portal thing down to a certain yeah. amount of time, it's gonna it's gonna cause a, a, a bigger uh, pushed in, in in the past. It's gonna get crazy. Um, Caden McDonald, uh, the guy that uh, Corey, I know that you were very high on. Yeah, four star defensive tackle. Huge uh, miss, bro. That he's gonna go to Ohio State. Uh, you know, Florida desperately needs help in the trenches. Getting Caden yep. McDonald would be great. Again, Florida has some some, some talented players coming these battles, right? It's a tough loss, you know, for Florida. Huge miss at uh, a position you, of need. Y'all see a defensive you know what? tackle. Go ahead. I'm sorry, you lagging a little bit on my end. My bad. I thought you. Yeah, no, that. I was just gonna say there's there's a, there's opportunity. No, you're good. Um, no, there's there's opportunity to play and play right away, and that that is a tough loss. There's really no other way to 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 sugarcoat that, right? I mean, we can talk about losing players to Alabama and Georgia and Ohio State and why a player would want to go there and everything else, but those are the kind of guys you need to to win uh, and to win on Saturday. So Florida's got to figure out that from a recruiting perspective. All right, gentlemen, yeah, put, any other – Real quick, that puts more pressure on them with getting Quay Russo out of Bama. Uh, like, getting Katie McDonald, that's a position to need. You need defensive tackles, mm-hmm. like, big time. It ain't it ain't no if fans, or buts about it. Uh, so like getting Quay Russo, I think that jumps up that him, he was already a priority. Now that's even a bigger priority. I, I'll get back with the people and let them know what the defensive tackle board looks like right now. But, um, big loss. Uh, I like, I think he's going to be, he would have played early here. Yeah, no, he absolutely would have tough loss. Uh, Florida desperately needs help, uh, in the transfer portal and in recruiting in the defensive trenches. All right, guys. Uh, finally, let's get into a quick buy or sell. Unless you guys have anything else for the show, no. I'm good. All right. Uh, let's see. Buy or sell the that Anthony Richardson, who had a uh, statistically uh, fine offensive performance against Georgia, throwing for uh, two hundred and seventy-one yards and one touchdown, uh, but just eighteen for thirty-seven. Uh, his second game this season with below a 50% uh, passing um, completion percentage. Uh, the other game was Kentucky. Uh, 
Will Anthony Richardson, uh, two games in a row where he hasn't thrown an interception uh, with two touchdowns. Do you think that Anthony Richardson, pardon me, Anthony Richardson can go clean on the turnover sheet again this week? So no Anthony Richardson turnovers. I'm going to buy. I'm going to buy. That's a risky buy, but I'm going to buy it as well, Dan. All right. Buy it as well. Well, yeah, with it, Nick. Texas A&M doesn't really force a ton of interceptions. Six and eight games. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll buy it. All right, there it is. Team Ant. Team Ant. All right. Uh, the Gators uh, do not have their lowest rushing output of the season. Do they get back? The only average 2.94 yards, if you look at Nick's 34 rushes, 100 yards uh, stat. Um, do you think the Gators get back in the um, back in their, their, their running um, groove again? And do you think that they can get over 175 rushing yards against Texas A&M? How many yards is that? 175. I was trying to think of a number while I was saying it out loud. I'm, I'm buying that. Well, 75 That's a lot. Yep. It's a lot. Yeah, but um, 283. A&M's, A&M's really bad. They've given up uh, 181 to App State, 175 to Miami, 244 to Arkansas. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Miami's yeah. all silk needed to hear. I saw his face change. 200, <laughs> baby. 200, and, man. Easy and, work. And Mississippi ran for 390 yards last Saturday. Yeah, we about to go for about 350 on the boys, man. I need about 350. Save my defense. The Gators are 14 for 39 on their last three games on third down, going 27%, 58% against LSU, and then 25% against Georgia. Uh, how do you guys think the Gators do? Do you think that they can be above that 50% threshold? They've been above 50 or at 50 three times this season. I just can't. I can't see. I got to be sell something. This, if I, I, I got to sell something, it's going to be this. Are you talking sell. offense or defense? Offense. 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 Oh, We'll get to defense here and say, I'm sorry, on offense. I thought I said that to begin with. Yeah, on offense, is, can they be on the the fifty percent conversion percentage? Or I think higher? they still got that fourth down. Uh, I'm still selling it because I think they got that fourth down mm. analytic mindset going. So I like that. So you've convinced me. Sold. Sold. Cool. Um, Gators leading rusher. Um, you got to pick one: Trevor Etienne, Montreal Johnson, or other. So that can include Anthony Richardson. Naquan Wright, it's Lorenzo tricky. Lingard. Very tricky. See what you did there. Mm. Uh, so you're buying one person and selling the others. Montreal, okay. I'll go with ETN just to switch it up. Hmm. I'm going to go Montreal Johnson gets back in his bag. Tough game against Georgia, but uh, but easy to do. And finally... Gators lose Brenton Cox. They're, he had two sacks on the season. I'm going to still call him kind of their premier he led, he led, pass he led, rusher. He led the country in almost sacks. So. Right, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, that's what his career at Florida is going to end up as. Put it on it's his negative. Uh, yeah. Um, 
but do the Gators get back in the sack column against Texas A&M? I hope so, yeah. <laughs> I hope so, yeah. So that's a yeah. buy? Yeah, buy. You're buying, okay. Don't buy it. Who, who's mm-hmm. filling in real quick? Uh, how do you see – why are we talking that real quick? Uh, that's why I want to talk. How do we see – who do we see depth chart-wise? How does this work with Brent Cox out, Nick? Um, I think we got to see if Lloyd Summerall is healthy. Um, but I think Antoine Powell will be your next guy up. Uh, David Reese has been playing. Um, I don't think you'd move Princely over there. Totally different position. Um so yeah, is I think Antoine Powell is going to get start. Boone in that role? Just Boone's on the, on the uh, um, no, he's on the other side. Yeah. Okay, he's behind Ume Milan. Yeah. Um, maybe no, I said maybe you could. Try. It's just, I mean, you're you're literally now almost you'll be in November tomorrow, and to ask like Princely to go over there and do it, he hasn't done it at all. It's mm-hmm. fall. Uh, summer hadn't done it, so uh, I think you got Antoine and, and Lloyd are the two guys you'll probably really count on there. Okay. Hmm. Spooky. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm looking. Yeah, it's definitely spooky season. I'm trying to pull up the depth chart to see if there's anybody else that we missed, but no, Nick. I think you. We need you some got guys, him. bro. We need guys. Yeah. We need. We gotta get some guys in here, yeah. like portal wise. They gotta figure this yep. out, but we gotta get guys. That's just bottom line. Um, Nick. Nick, do we have any update on on Devin Moore on his injury? Mm, Good question. No, no, I, that'll, that'll be a question for uh, mm. Wednesday. I'll ask. I'll ask. Make sure I ask that Wednesday. Cool. Let it. Let him know it came from me. I will. Uh, let's see. Fragrance journey's back. Me and Dan had an argument about Alvin Bailey years ago, many years ago, many moons ago. He's like, I was wrong, Dan. Just want to make sure we put that out there. Um, I don't Shout remember. Mr. Mr. Journey, um, what our argument was about. Um, I, what were you, I, yeah, what were you arguing about Alvin Bailey? I, I don't know. Maybe it was about how big of an impact that he would have at, at Florida or not. But that's a, a name that I have not heard um, in, in a long time. So thanks for tuning in. And John Wilcox, um, props to Dan. He's the only one wearing Gator gear after UGA. Real Gator hashtag. Silk's hey, got bro, a State of Miguel polo. What's wrong, uh, bro? I'm always repping. You think you think a, a, a L gonna stop me from repping? I get on here and lie about my Gators every week. Win, lose, a draw, man. Ten toes down. I bleed mm. orange and blue, man. Yeah, this hat, this this Quez Ike Reed L hat that I'm wearing is from our friends over at Dime, Dome Hats. Oh, all right. Fragrance Journey, Duke Odin 86. I remember very specifically, you were very <laughs> much uh, criti- you know, very critical of me <laughs> on not only Twitter, uh, but I believe it was on ESPN's message board at the time as well. <laughs> so um, I'm willing to put down, um, you know, my uh, my sword. They be having beef everywhere, bro. Yeah, that'd be with. <laughs> a lot. I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know what we were beefing about, but but me and Duke uh, Alvin Bailey apparently dis- man. disagreed on Alvin Bailey. Um, That's uh, uh, in hindsight, whatever the beef was over was was definitely not unimportant. Worth it. <laughs> definitely not worth it. All right, Nick. I think that you have the song of the week this week. As Silk, you had it last week, right? For sure. You got All right, it, Nick. Take us out. Song of the week. I'm going with Colby Cooper. Her favorite songs. 
Colby Cooper, okay, okay, her okay. favorite song. Nick's always a wild card. I never know what to expect. What is this? Pop? Country. This is country. Country. Colby country. Cooper is from cool. Colby Cooper's from Texas. I met yep. him uh, last time I was out there in College Station and have become a big fan of his music. This is his it's not a new album anymore, but it's his newest album. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I've played this, I think I've played a song from this album you did. already. Yeah, yeah, you played uh, Colby Cooper probably two and a half, three months ago on uh, now. Uh, definitely an, an up-and-coming name. Um, pretty good uh, singer. Um, I wanted to let the internet know because people always ask me to let them know when I will be in Jacksonville. Uh, some people maybe want to set up a fade. Some people maybe just want to hang out. But just letting you guys know, uh, I will be in my favorite city of Jacksonville, Florida, this weekend um, from Friday until Sunday. Seeing the Turnpike Troubadours. So very excited about that. That's a band that I've wanted to see for about 15 years now. They never really traveled to Florida. Their lead singer uh, had to go to rehab for a few years. Well, not for a few years, for a bit. Um, he's back. He's ready a to few rock. Years. I was about to say, so, bro, what is, what is he on? Yeah, they took they took a time away from the band for a few years. Um, <laughs> alcohol, alcohol. So uh, I'll be in Jacksonville. Um, I'll coming. let everybody know if anybody has any good places to eat. Um, or hang out, uh, grab drinks or whatever that uh, is not the Applebee's or the Chili's, which are number one and number two on Yelp. <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to those suggestions. So other than that, we will take you guys out. Same corner, same time next week. Black still here. Talking shit about my hair Did the same about her hometown When I stayed right there You were at the top cream of the crop When we were kids Did a four year for 401k And they hate that kid Ain't that a bitch But tonight when you get home Your speakers are full blown Your girl is singing at the top of her lungs Spinning in the kitchen Hey baby, listen You tell her I ain't never heard this one But I know that you heard it And I know you know who it is It's the first time that she's played this playlist And I love that you hate it Better sing all her favorite songs Funny is that? But tonight when you get